<laughs> you're supposed, you're supposed to be like this. You're supposed to be like this. I thought yeah. I did. No. <laughs> I one drop, I caught it with my hand, and I'm like, awesome. Nice. And I looked down, I'm like, oh, <laughs> awesome. I didn't catch yeah. it. I got baklavad. All good? Recording? Okay. Awesome. Let's <sighs> take a little better. <clears throat> so I can reference them too, man. Yeah. Well, welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for having us. Oh, it's a full house. It's the second show today with five. Uh, We're pushing the limits here. You're busy. We're totally pushing the limits. So thank you. Really, I know there's like short notice, like literally short notice, getting you guys out here and just sending texts and DMs. I think it was text and DM with you, John, and then it was email with you, John, and then you were connected to John, and then (laughs) you, and then all of a sudden you brought him along, and all of a sudden like. Okay, it's Make done it now. Yeah, we it's show. rock and roll. Uh, I've always wanted to do, and there's probably going to be a whack more GC conversations regarding roundtables. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard the last one with the other the group that was there. Uh, obviously, yeah, John, you, I think you yeah. heard it. And uh, I think that this is a conversation that's going to constantly be going on. But what I'd like here is I'm trying to figure out, I'm always the oldest. Apparently, I was getting yelled at outside there that I was the oldest in the group there. <laughs> but how many years experience are we talking about GC-wise? I just want to go around the table for now. John? Company-wise, we're going into our sixth year. And you? Uh, 12 years. 12 years. 10. 10. I'm kind of new. It's been six years kind of spec building on my own. But now, starting this year for clients. Matt? I'm about 10 years. Uh, I've been, I actually had my apprenticeship in 04, so uh, for carpentry. Okay, so you so, okay, all right. Mm-mm. But as a G, well, okay, no, no, you're lead. Yeah, exactly, you're lead, right? So I think that so is uh, you guys are the younger of the bunch, I guess, because uh, and I'm trying to do a much older one as well too, like a retired GC version of well, this. I, I'm getting older. I have a lot of gray hair. We all. There's nothing <laughs> stopping gray us from that. Every time it gets pointed out, I'm like, I'm stressed out. There is no tool that will stop that. I don't care if you get a plane ticket to Turkey. All right, it's still going to happen. Okay, that's how it's going to work. But I want to welcome you guys to the show. John's back for sure. You're back as well too the three of you guys are all newbies which is great thank you so much for being here uh there's no ground rules there's no rules (laughs) it's a construction life we don't sing on these versions which is good everyone's happy about that uh but i want to go around the table and you guys introduce yourselves the company any information tags whatever you guys want to shout out to please do awesome so i'm up um my name is dustin bose um i work for matt and rescom uh like i said i started my apprenticeship in 04 um, I've done some CNC background for some uh, sign workplaces. I've done furniture stuff. I work for Viceroy Homes. That's where I got my apprenticeship. Um, I also do some personal support work, and it's completely different, but pays the bills. So, uh, focusing on uh, developmental. Okay. So nice. I do that on the side. That's where I came from last night. Nice. So I worked last night. Uh, and then Matt brought me on board. And yeah. We've been kind of. Mm. It's been a couple of years with yeah, that, so it's yeah. worked out well. Yeah, Matt's been on this, sh- like in the early days of the video days. <clears throat> yeah. It's almost like this show is becoming like a radio, TV. A little bit. Streaming. Yeah, it's <laughs> definitely <laughs> come, it's come a long way, that's going for sure. on here, right? We're getting better. There's not so many tire wires on the table anymore. And True. Just and we're, the we're evolving, right? It's weird without the headsets. It's yeah. it's a little different. It's better. Yeah. yeah. I just started yeah. realizing we don't need them anymore. No. Plus my hearing is going anyway, so I just <laughs> pretend that I, I'm like I hear everybody right. Yeah. No, 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 it's all good. So, yeah, so I'm glad to have you back, Matt. It's right, been so great. Yeah, we, so we've Matthew spoken Hill. how many times on DMs, and we're just shooting the shit back tons, and forth. Tons, tons right? So, oh yeah, tons. Yeah, it's been awesome. Great, so, man. You're a pretty good guy, no matter what everybody says. <laughs> you're a pretty good guy. Get in the, the line the where everyone thinks I'm an ass. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep that to myself. <laughs> See it by the end of the show. Yeah, I'm Justin Sherry. Yeah, I own an architectural firm, Justin Sherry Design Studio. 
I've been at it. You're pretty young to be an architect. Huh? Everybody says that. I'm just, that's well, how, how young are you? You got a baby face or what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm 32. I have three kids. Yeah, you're a baby. I have a divorce <laughs> too, so I, I've lived oh, a life. Excellent. <laughs> excellent. <laughs> yeah, have you sure. met? Yeah. <laughs> I am also a divorcee. <laughs> we have experience. We do. Okay. All right. No, so that's good. And how many years doing the drafting? Like the architect? Uh, I graduated in 2014. I was in a partnership since 2015 to 2020, and then 2020 did my own thing. Yeah. And then during that time, I actually started a company called Small Dwellings, where I did like tiny home development. That's oh, where I got the cool. PC nice. experience. Yeah. Nice. 2017, and then lasted to COVID basically, and then people have been asking me to build so. Bowen Homes is the new name for the management company. And John, Sweet. welcome back. I'm back. Last time I saw you was up in Barrie at the uh, C CRS, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, 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 over at CSR's. CSR. CSR, yeah, sorry. I know, I do the same thing, don't worry. Well, because you know why? There's a motorcycle company, CRS, that makes parts for aftermarket. For me, it was the rental company, which is now Sunbelt. So that makes more Barry sense. area had a, had a anyways. Okay, that, yeah. that's what I always. That's what we bumped into. Going. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the grand opening there for yeah. uh, their new store. Yeah. So uh, things have been the same. Still building. Is it good. No, sorry, you gotta. Yeah, the, yeah, you guys are gonna have to kind of right. share. Yeah, pull it back. All. No, we'll no, just pull close. it. Just pull it towards you. That's all. Um. Yeah, things have been the same since we last uh, saw each other, and the yeah. last time I was on here, we uh, still work in residential, commercial, still build some pretty cool stuff, and have a lot of fun while we do it. And you got a brand new sweet cube? No, not cube. Five ton? We've added a few vehicles this year. So we've got a, a beautiful cube van. Okay. A nice new panel van and a smart car. <laughs> a smart <laughs> car. Smart car. Yeah. That can fit in both. Yeah. You, it's basically like a Russian doll set. You put the smart <laughs> in the, the panel van. The panel van goes into the cube van. It's got to find something that fits in the smart car. Probably like a you know a boogie board or something. Put it on top of the cube as a hat yeah, or something like yeah. that. Like a Napa car. Yeah. It's going uh, around there. <laughs> it's 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 been fun adding a few vehicles to the, the, the awesome. company this year yeah nice and then john hi i'm john um john at 11 north construction.com and uh instagram also 11 north construction i i actually come from a pretty varied background i was a pharmaceutical scientist for five years um worked for a company in toronto and i it just wasn't for me so uh, i switched back to a laborer into the trades working $12 an hour. My wife was pregnant with our first kid. Oh, wow. And uh, we ju I just said, hey, I, I need a change. And I think this is, I've always loved working with my hands. And I, I just took the dive. And um, how I got connected with Manny was actually through Will, through, yeah. Will, through Will Ganell of Ganell Homes. And yeah. who I actually met through Instagram. Yeah, I met Will I was the same between way. jobs. Um, I reached out to Will. He was looking for some help. I worked on his home. Um, at that point, I was uh, working as a carpenter. So uh, it's our sixth year as uh, general contractors now. I mean, so I've seen a lot of engineers, architects, designers make that shift over to contracting i've never seen pharmaceutical i, I don't there's a lot I of pharmaceuticals being used yeah. in the construction industry <laughs> yeah. that's how you relate to that <laughs> but i i was actually I, trust me when i'm looking at my phone it's either like angelina's kind of giving me a note if something's going on or some shit or i don't even know if i'm following you on instagram it's 11 what 11 north construction 11 the word 11 or number number, the number. number 11. that's right i was yeah. looking for it right and i was like because yeah. i always want to Shouldn't be a stranger to there any it of the is. guys coming. See, there you go. Coming so. from uh, cottage country. Yeah. 
Awesome. So welcome to the show. So just want to let everybody know that this week, because this show is actually going to come out really soon, right? So it's actually going to come out in two days, right? Uh, this week, which is the week of the uh, 18th or what are we? Yeah, 17th, September 18th. 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 Uh, on the 20th or something like that. They're having a sale. So they're having a massive sale at all three of their 17th. locations that you can actually, for example, buy a pair of Snickers, the second one 50% off. It's a huge sale that they're having, which is great. But I also want to do a shout out to John for bringing me some tobacco. <laughs> really appreciate it. I like oh, all the not chips. that you needed it. Chewing tobacco? No, 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 no I wouldn't get into chewing tobacco, man. No. No, no, I don't know. No, 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 no. cigars. Yeah. Uh, but then, thank you, Matt. For, no yeah. problem. He asked me last night. He's like, "What are you craving?" And I was like, "Dude, I've been craving sake lately. I love sake, man. Nice. It's water to me, unfortunately. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so I really appreciate it, man. Thanks no so problem. much, man. I hope I you enjoy it. Totally I know nothing about. I like it chilled. Sake, I don't like so. it hot. I like it chilled, man. All right. Yeah. So. Now back to construction. So we're going to have a, a conversation about what we go through on a daily basis, I guess, and how we deal with things and all this stuff. So, but I like that we are going to have slightly different perspective with yours, Justin, and also yours, John, as well, too. Is it J-O-N or is it J-O-N? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> makes it more difficult yeah. for me, man. But it makes sense. Make it easier. <laughs> we're the same. What do you think, John? So I, 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 I want to figure out what, what's been the hardest challenge for you guys this year. What's the first thing that comes up and... What's been difficult for you guys as a GC and as a designer just to deal with the business itself? It's been a, f I've always said, it's been a funny year. A lot of people reach out to me and they ask me, what do you think, Manny? Like I've got a voice of authority or something like that because I kind of said that things were happening during the pandemic years and just yeah. to batten down the hatches <clears throat> and prepare yourself and not overspend and don't be buying so much stuff. But this year is a mixed bag because I've been it getting is. a mixed bag of a bunch of things. Um, but I, I hear some some companies are in some trades are busy, but other guys are like reaching out to me going, man, do you know anybody? Can you put me in touch? I've got no days this week. So it's a mixed wow. bag. So it, I it's really weird. It's weird. And we can't weird. figure out why that's happening. If, if it's, you know, one company is not as good as the next kind of thing. Like why are certain people not busy? I'm busy. I'm steady. Yeah. My plumber's even busier than me. My HVAC guy is so, so, and my electrician had an up and down. So it's, it's weird, right? Like, and we can't figure it out. There's a lot of work out Should there. Should we figure people, it out? Well, we should because then we kind of have to fix it. We want everybody to be successful, right? Yeah. We want to see guys struggling who have yeah. families, yeah. you know what I mean? And then they can't make it, rent to pay, even for their units and that sort of thing, just the business in general, all the overhead. And yeah, we want to figure it out so we can rectify that issue. You guys but seen the same thing? It's been a mixed bag this year? I'm seeing the higher end clients sticking around. So I'm sorry, you guys, you're going to have yeah. to get... This won't make noise. Yeah. Just, just get the mic as close. Yeah, I think the higher, have to ride it. That's the higher end clients are sticking around, and I would say my sales are better, but my volume's down. Got it. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. And I think it's obviously affected by the interest rates, right? So people spending oh, man, less yeah. and being a little bit more mm. conservative. It's brutal. Now, how do we course correct this, or do we just ride the storm? I've had plenty of conversations with Jim Carrick on and off the show where, I mean, he's been through three major storms, and his go-to idea was to just ride the storm so i'd be like i i had a real estate agent on the show recently and i i just i, I like wagering on the show i said interest rates are going to go double digits before we see them go back. and mm -hmm. she she disagreed with me and mm -hmm. i just said if you're thinking historically speaking you can see them go double digits history usually repeats itself so they say mm -hmm. but 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 nowadays history is being manipulated yeah. So that's why True. it's kind of interesting what it may or may not but i still think interest rates will go double digits which i think is a primary factor on why Clients are mixed bag. They're not yeah. sure what to do. They're, they're concerned about, and I've said this either on the last GC show, where they have to pay the bank, they have to pay the line of credit, they have to pay their credit cards, they don't have to pay their contractor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
No, I haven't run into it's that, sad. thank God. Yeah. I haven't had any of those issues. But what I have come across is people are a little bit misguided or a little bit out to lunch on pricing of things. Mm-hmm. They want everything for, not nothing, but everything for cheap. And the worst thing is when you have Instagram, not, not so bad, but like Pinterest and, and stuff like that where people see or HGTV when they're watching all the shows and you get like all this fancy woodwork done, right? They want this in their hallway, which is fantastic. Looks great. It's labor intensive and it's not cheap. And they think, you know, you could do this for maybe a thousand bucks or 1500 bucks. And it's like, their mindset is like like our skill level Mm -hmm. is being assembly lined. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. Like what, one of the saddest days I ever saw in my early construction career was when I walked through a big box store and I saw pre-made panels of wainscoting. Yeah. And I inspected it and I looked at it. I was going, that's just crap. Like yeah. that doesn't, that's not quality. And you just, but it was being gobbled up by the consumer. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you know that. I know that. These guys know that. But the consumer might not if it's painted. It just looks good oh, enough. That looks fantastic. What does it look like five years down the road? So five how years. do we compete with that? Like when you've got a skilled carpenter trim person that's going to do this. You got to show them the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Show them like, okay. Have a conversation. This is, yeah. What is that going to look like down the road? I don't want to give you a product that's going to last two years and you go, geez, that guy did a really shitty job. No, this guy came in. He's got skills. He put in the time, put in the effort. He knows what's right, knows what's wrong. Is it a lack of branding on all of our parts where it's like I'm still dumbfounded that when I've got to upgrade my iPhone and I'm walking in and I'm having a conversation with a kid that's a third my age and trying to understand that I got to pay $1,500 for this phone and it's not a phone, sir. Stop calling me, sir. It's not a phone, <laughs> sir. It's a computer. It's you spend more time on that. So it's like clients yeah. will spend that money on that device. Clients will spend money on a car that's really high price, but then they'll try to negotiate it down to death when it comes to custom construction work. Very true. Yeah. How do we fight that battle? I think it's just a, a stigma that's gone around with our industry for quite some time where the old idea, you know, you go to dinner, no one has a problem going to the keg and, you know, having a beautiful meal, looking at the pricing ahead of time and, you know, at the end of it, paying, tipping, walking out, going, wow, that was awesome. We present pricing to a client and they may agree to it, you know, up front, but through the course of time, maybe they saw something, maybe they saw Wayne Scotting, you know, yep. at, at the box store mm-hmm. where they're watching you build it on site, but then they see something that's comparable Mm-hmm. And they wonder, you know, why is this costing so much? And then you get to the end, you know, then there's a gripe, then there's a problem at the end as to why the bill is as much as it is. And for some reason, there seems to be, it seems to be okay for them to question that, you know, where they had no issue up, up front. But now that we're at the end of the job, everything's done, they stole your money. Now it's, now it's okay to question. Now it's okay to have a problem. Yeah. When maybe they developed that problem the first weekend on a four week job, but they held to the end for you to finish and then bring it up. So you drop your price. Yeah. That's what they're looking for. Like it just, it's, yeah. I think, you know, going back to the idea of the branding, mm-hmm. you will brand yourself one way or another. Justin and I kind of talked about that on the way down. Yeah. You know, I want to get into more and more full spec builds, you know, be on site longer, try to have more accountability. We do a lot of our stuff in the house and we enjoy doing that, but we also do a lot of renovation work where, you know, when you work for somebody to do a reno, you could do an amazing job. You know, people be happy. They're happy to recommend you to somebody else that wants a reno. Yep. And then that person <laughs> wants a reno and so on and so forth. You got to try to break that mold and get into where you want to be. And then, yeah, I think branding would 
help that. And social media is a great tool for that if you use it appropriately. Yeah, for sure. Do tradespeople, specifically GCs, get too nervous that if they stick to their guns and we don't want to discount our price? Like you don't want to go in, you spent the time and effort to actually line by line figure out the cost of this scope of work based on whatever conversation drawings or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And you, the first thing they're going to ask you, can you discount it? Can you like, that's a conversation that always happens. Can right? I jump mm-hmm. in just yeah, really go ahead, shoot. It, because there's a lot of questions being asked here, right? Uh, number one, uh, what is, what is our, our clientele? Like, okay. is that, is that changing? Yeah. Like, what is our clientele? Like, is, is that changing? Right. Um, Definitely, our clientele is getting older. Um, Your you know, clientele is getting yeah, older. So, so, so the the pay, I I feel like the the paying clientele they are getting older and they're looking for um, the construction industry to change alongside them. So, in order for us to stay alive, we need to adapt or die. We need to look into okay, what are what are what's accessible construction like? If you if you're just into renovations as like something to turn over really quickly. That that's that might not last because we're because these days we have so much access to DIY and everything shows the same uh, you know on the internet you take a photo of something like we have a saying it looks great from far away yeah you know like good the further far, away you look the good. better it looks the, the further away <laughs> you are the better it looks right is, is and, it yeah. fair to say that and, our industry has the most amount of competition out there. Whether it's just competition or just well, we're competing now with the DIYers yeah. because because mm. people on YouTube they're just like, hey, I, I can fix my I can own plumbing, I, oh, I can do that, and then you know they don't they don't count for the fact that hey, like in order for me to make a living doing that backsplash, I have to charge four or five hundred dollars a day. Mm. You might be able to do that. I'm a, a backsplash with subway tiles is perfectly DIY friendly. It's gonna take you three days to do it. So, yeah, so what's the what's what's your value versus your well, time? Why am I so blinded? Like I have such respect for skilled trades. There's a difference between DIY backsplash mm-hmm. and a skilled trades installing a absolutely. backsplash. They're, absolutely, they're they're gonna be Nine done that backsplash oh, yeah. in an yeah. hour and a half. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, no, it's right. not just so much that they're they're conscious of what they need to do, whether it's layout pattern, where they start, how they do their outlets, how it's gonna get integrated with any kind of lighting, accents, details, what have you, all this stuff, sealants, all kinds of stuff. Right. They they know everything that needs to be done. Sure, DIY can be doing I could build my own car if I wanted to. <laughs> would I drive it and get would it get certified in the industry in like in the, on the roadway? No, there's no way it would, right? True. You don't the like owner this. know the difference though, too. That's the problem. Yeah. But the saying we use is like, would you do that in your own house? Yeah. Right. But that's that, how we that's, all got that's started. A, that's a mixed some would though. That's a mixed bag, right? Because yeah. some people they're like, Well, it's just for my own house. I did it, I saved, you know, four or five hundred dollars. They're willing to not use the right sealant they're using caulking like on the joints or yeah. whatever it's just like you know five so years down good the road enough, yeah it's yeah. good enough for it's a them. sense of pride yeah. but then do you even want those clients that are okay with just yeah, good enough branding comes in right <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly and, and the, the second you want to separate from that is, is educating your client so these are the major differences between somebody who's doing this professionally we're going to look at like protecting your home like uh, uh, making sure the debris is being removed on a timely basis, you know, uh, making sure that whoever's doing that plumbing work is licensed, you know, the, that the electrician isn't just some Joe from off Kijiji, mm-hmm. even though one of the best electricians I've met is off Kijiji. How do you differentiate but, which one's good and which one's good? Yeah, and, and you know, 
it goes to the branding. Like it goes to branding. be, well, our, what we have to do as GCs is establish a brand of trust mm -hmm. in a very short period of time oh, yeah. with anybody from off the road. First so, impression. So what, what, what makes you different from that guy? But I, I go back know. to competition where we're up against DIYers, but we're also up against the stigma. They yep. think that we're already trying to play them even before we even sold them. Yeah, right. True. We're the bad guy to begin with, and we have to prove that we're the good guy mm -hmm. and girl. I recommend competition on the first meeting half the time. Yeah. Yep. I, I will take, you know, I'll, I'll take a client meeting walk through, you know, get a picture of what they want, you know, little maybe shoot from the hip price, but, you know, very upfront that that is by no means a contractual price. This is, you know, an idea of a price. Things need to be, you know, priced out, maybe opened up, you know, to find out what's behind things. But I yeah. will, I will recommend other companies that I know locally that would uphold the same values or same quality, you know, I and my guys would do. And, you know, that sometimes it wins us the job just because we're, you know, open and we're not trying to hide. We're not bad mouthing anybody. Sometimes mm -hmm. it loses us, you know, and it's, you know, I'm, I'm fine losing to somebody I know is going to do a good quality job. Um, and sometimes, you know, sometimes they're more, sometimes they're less in the end. But you want to be priced compared to another apple. Yeah. Yeah, uh, exactly. Some sort of exotic fruit, yep, right? No, exactly. I'll, you know, I'll explain to people that, yeah, you can go on Kijiji, you can go on Marketplace, you can find people that are cheaper. Yeah. Doesn't mean they're going to do a crappier job. They, they might even do a better job. It could just be some guy that's on his own, low overhead, has been in the trade for, you know, 20, 30 years. You know, very good tradesman, but just comes in cheaper due to lack of overhead comes yeah. in cheaper because he's had a, a you know a lengthy career maybe made his money and just still likes to keep busy just keep busy yeah doing exactly good quality stuff <clears throat> but then you got the guys that do the opposite undercut yeah. you know steal the deposit don't show up use you know shittier products yep. use unlicensed <clears throat> trades and that's what we typically get compared to I mean, I think we've all, because one of my best metal guys that I ever found was a guy that I was just walking around the neighborhood and I saw him working, liked what he was doing, asked him to come down from the ladder. He was a little upset that I was asking him to stop working. <laughs> and I introduced myself, started talking, got his number, and then I gave him a job and he did an amazing job. And obviously we had a conversation where I, I just want to do cash. I just want to do cash, right? Yeah. But he was a good worker. And this is a guy that services Kijiji and Facebook Marketplace. I guess it's like they know the market. So I, I, I'm envious of certain trades that kind of know how to play the field. It's a little bit ch more challenging for GCs where we have to play neutral. Yeah. We well, have to kind of get along with everybody. It depends mm. on what your definition of a good worker is. So are, are you talking about just somebody that can make a nice weld? Or are you talking about somebody who has their invoicing right, their, their bookkeeping? Like... Maybe that guy does a great job, but you got the invoice I've, three months down the road and you're like, oh, I wasn't expecting to pay this much. Like, like just it, it's, it's kind of like a holistic look at what is a good worker. I've never hired somebody on their skill. I've always hired somebody on the conversation I had when I first met them. Yeah, personality. Mm -hmm. like, Absolutely. Yeah. So you value your, your skills. I, have, I at, value at, the at mindset. Yeah. The person's But being mindset. able to tell who what somebody is like based on an initial conversation you know like that mm -hmm. that whole saying that you usually get the best sense of somebody within the first eight yeah. seconds of a conversation yeah. and yep. and i think people in general contracting they're very very strong in this area yes like you you're you you have a conversation with someone you're like i think this guy's the real deal 
you know i think they know what they're talking about i think they have some lived experience that i could you know that we could mutually benefit each other so yeah. i i don't i don't feel like there are successful contractors out there who who are weak in this area no you're a sales guy for long. first then you're GCA. but on the flip <laughs> side though if you think about it the other way we also are evaluating the client. Do we yeah. want to work with that client? Yeah, 100%. Do we like that client as a person? Do we think there's any sort of shadiness going on? Are we going to be worried that we're not going to get an installment or at the end of it, they're just not going to pay or they're going to fight us on it? So it does work both ways, right? I want to, sorry? I was going to say, just, you know, I mean, the idea of the sales thing, there's guys that are the best sales guys out there and just tip, they just go job to job getting deposits, half starting, walking away. Yep. And, you know, I, I personally know a couple that have moved out of country now. <laughs> make a career out of it. Um, wow. But there's clients that are the same, unfortunately, that are, you know, serial when it comes to that point where they have unfortunately taken contractors who have goodwill yep. and, you know, ultimately don't pay that, that final payment or, you know, come up with a, an issue halfway through the True. job that, you know, is forcing you to now pay out of pocket or maybe leave the job and not, you know, not getting paid mid midway, or maybe you're being relieved of your duties at that point. True. I'd, I'd love to talk about the evolution of a GC. To all those who work hard every day, let us show you how much we appreciate you. It's Customer Appreciation Week at Work and Wear with the biggest deals on the biggest brands, including safety footwear from $69.95. Pick up some work pants and get 50% off the second pair. Plus, enter to win a Napoleon barbecue, a Milwaukee radio, or a $500 gift card. Customer Appreciation Week, September 20th to 25th at all three Work and Wear locations, Scarborough, Markham, and Whitby. Um, evolution. It's just kind of funny that as a young GC, I think every one of them is going to go through the gambit of experiences. Like it's just, it's inevitable. That's going to happen. So you're going to be happy, go lucky, passionate, want to build a brand. Then you're going to have a client that may not pay. You'll get some resistance. You'll solve that problem. You'll get another job because you want to be bigger. Then you might have some friction, but that might turn out perfect. Right. And then all of a sudden you might have like a situation where they owe you five figures and that might jump to six figures. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to be like, I'm just trying to people, please. I'm trying to just get everybody going. You might get like, they're going to go through everything. And I'm trying to figure out ways to avoid them going through all of that. Is there a way to do that? Or do we, they have to experience these hard knocks? I think it's the nature of the beast. Yeah. Just how I it think is. it's good for them to go through. You don't yeah, want a guy to lose his shirt, right? No. You want him to go through some hardships. Yeah. You want it to be a little bit tough in the beginning because it's going gonna, it's gonna to make you better. It's going to strengthen yeah. Yeah. you. Yeah. If you don't experience those things and then you get to grow and then all of a sudden you do, that could really, really handicap hurts. you. You know, like I could really put a dent in things. So it is better off when you're more yeah, in the yeah. infancy stage. Do you guys know any GCs or any trades contractors that have not had any bad things happen? I don't want to jinx it. I, I'm just trying I, to think I, I of like, yeah, I, yeah. I haven't had it other than like, you know, a phone call here and there that there might be a leak or a problem or something. Knock on wood. Nothing serious, no missed payments or getting fired from a job or not getting that final payment or anything like that. So, and I've always gotten along with the client. They've always been happy with the work and my business is solely based on referrals. I don't advertise, it's all referrals. Who's really at fault when something's going wrong on a job? Is it the contractor or is it the client? Something's just going wrong. Well, that, that's, 
that's situation. what a general contractor is, right? It's somebody who yeah. who is yeah is a problem We're solver. Essentially, but a mediator. It's it's, yeah. it's somebody that will contractually obligate themselves to the outcome of a project, right? You're you're either confident in your own skills or you're confident in the skills of your network or community, and you you look at the project scope and you're like, I can do this, and I can meet your expectations, right? So ultimately, any blunder or fault, in part or in full, will come down on on your responsibility. Always, like the buck stops with us. Yeah, it's yeah, always yeah. on our shoulders, right? But non-payment obviously falls on the client. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one's very true. But does it fall on the client? Because I go back to I think that, and I'm at fault for this myself. It's poor communication skills. Yeah, and that's where it falls on GC to manage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you're not communicating correctly with, it doesn't matter. The client will, and we all know this. They will just keep on asking and asking and asking, and you just want to stick to the schedule and complete, mm -hmm. get stuff done, and then you're like, well, can you address this? And you're sending out emails, you're sending out texts, you're reminding them when they're on site and you're having a conversation, but they still haven't addressed it or paid for it, right? And in today's economy, it's risky because, like, I go back to the beginning point where it's like they have to pay the bank, the line of credit, the credit card. They don't have to pay the GC. True. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of fault us. Because if we are more strict and just shutting it down and going, listen, I'm climbing a mountain here. I'm not taking one more step until we take care of this. And then yeah. we can move forward. And then just leave it at that point. Sometimes right? that is how it is. It has to be like that. But that's your name on the line, too. Yeah. Like, they have all the power these days with Google reviews, any, anything like yeah. that. Yeah, so speaking you can step off point. the job because of miscommunication like that, and they're not paying. But ultimately, they can still leave a review, and you're fighting yeah, that Yeah, that's review. the thing. Homeowners don't get bad reputations. We can't go to complain to the news about the homeowner or whatever. They can trash our business name across the board on all the social no, media I, channels, I've right? It, I've seen people and that's so damaging. Right? Where we could go on the, on social media and cry wolf, but nobody's going to care. You know what I mean? I still think we need home stars, but reverse. <laughs> I think we should build contractor go on. stars. Yeah, I think we should be able to go on and. It becomes, you know, them. legally, I'm sure there's probably limitations to what you could say, but, you know, I mean, I, I know of a client or two in and around, you know, Barry and area that aren't great to work for. And I know a few contractors that have worked for them, you know, yeah. and <clears throat> thankfully, through conversation, I've, you know, found out and avoided certain problems, um, you know. But that's lucky because you're in that. Yeah area and you kind of mm. have been in that circle so you got the the, the hint something was up it's yeah. helpful but i mean that, that this, this works anywhere i mean you just have to be open to talking to your competition don't look at your competition as uh competition look and yeah. look at them as as friends yeah, you know, yeah. we all got to eat at the same table right Network, exactly. right you yeah. absolutely we should all be able to have conversations like this yeah and Agreed. and help each other right mm -hmm. you know it shouldn't be uh, that stigma of you know like i think that's an older mentality too Maybe not as the same mentality now with, you know, younger generations coming up. But, you know, there it used to be like, you know, slashing tires and probably, you know, like, you know, yeah, that's like flipping yeah. everybody off. And, you know, it's, it's people you know, are like making notes right now, John. Just yeah, like, yeah. Everyone was mad right back in the day. And I mean, I saw that through earlier in my career of stuff, pardon me, selling building materials, seeing the old guys come in and, you know, not saying hi is the other guy that they know walked out because they do the same thing and he, you know, one thinks they're better than the other to where now there's community and, you know, it should be grown. It should yeah. be taught. Yeah, not so much a competition with each other anymore, yeah. right? We're going to build an industry. Yeah. 
Yeah. But it's challenging, right? So it's like I've seen plenty of experienced GCs go through quite a bit and lose quite a bit, take the high road. And yeah. that's what we're discussing here. We're discussing mm-hmm. taking the high road. I'll eat that cost. Yep. I'll go in there. I'll take care of it. My guys all got paid. Trades got paid. Everyone's all good. Client's happy. I lost my shirt. on. And that's that just job. a safe face, right? And your reputation. Mm-hmm. So it's too easy for clients. Like going back to the Google, it's way too easy for them. But they can do that. They can do that regardless if you do a good job or not. That's true. But you're people pleasing now. But that's what our primary goal, so to speak, is supposed to be. Yeah. But it's not. It it starts at the beginning, right? The same kind of thoroughness that clients use to vet contractors. We need to we need to spend the same amount of time, if not more in vetting our clients. What do they do you know, for vetting co- co- contracts? Speak to their neighbors, for example. Um, do they get along with their neighbors? Yeah, yeah. Go, There's always go, community I, Facebook pages. I, I talk pages. to them about um, previous work they've had done and how their experience was. You know, mm-hmm. ask them poignant questions that make them... I want to them that, that doesn't scroll right down to the end of the quote first. <laughs> yeah. First thing yeah, you look at is the number. Yeah. yeah. And then they start is, looking at all the details true. that got that number. So that's, I, yeah. I get it. Like you're trying to present yourself a certain way and then you position yourself a certain way well, but ultimately clients well it's not really a, a presentation of a certain way like to make a sale it's it's are we a good fit yeah right number one it, like sometimes am i going to be yeah. able to meet your expectations this is what we do this is what we specialize in this is what we excel at doing are you looking for that because you know if if somebody wants me to build a bridge well i could probably build a but that's not my specialty. That's my not my expertise. Like, we come from a carpentry background, so I could build you a deck, you know, and I could True. do it very well, and I can do it for this price. But a bridge, I'm gonna have to look into, you know, like metal suppliers, like welders. Like, it's just, it's just maybe, maybe it's not a good fit. You know what I mean? So sometimes we, because we're we're looking at the we're looking at numbers too. Yeah. Because a GC is a. a we're numbers people, right? We need to be making money on a job. So we're just like, how many man hours is this going to take, right? So I, I think that's what it comes down to. Are you a good fit for one another? In your years of construction so far, and I've only done this, I think, once or twice, um, have you guys reached out to your competition or somebody that you know and price compared what you were submitting? Yep. You had done that, right? Yep, did it recently on a bathroom. And how close were you guys? Were you guys way off or were you close? Oh, reasonable. No, I was reasonable. Off. We were... Uh, Which way were you? We were, we were lower. We, yeah. we got the job, too. This is a situation where I, I put competition in to help, you know, give what I would figure would be a, a good quality job, much like we would do, like to think, uh, and be competitive. Apples, apples. Well, we were an orange <laughs> when it was all said and done. Uh, you know, and, and I'd like... I'd like to think we got the job based on, you know, my, my consult and my walkthrough and, and you know, the way I educated the client through that process. Mm-hmm. Um, I unfortunately think it was a scroll to the bottom and see the number and eyes light up that it's cheaper. Um, yeah, because we were considerably cheaper. How much, like 20, 30? No, I mean, it was, it was only about 6K. Okay. But actually, no, that's, that's well, that so it'd be like, 20, it'd be like, or something. Yeah. So it'd be like nine, nine K with, with shower, like with shower glass. So we were, the other guy was six K more without shower glass. It wasn't a lot of glass. It was about 18, 18. You know, half. Yeah. So did you reach your profit margin mm-hmm. on that job or no? 
Like, you, I priced it out, and I think we did well. Um, do I think that we could have done better? Maybe. Do I think the other price was inflated due to you know lack of time potentially? Maybe they were too busy. Um, I don't know. It's tough to tell. Why don't we get like mm-hmm. set aside our egos and just reach out to someone that we respect? This show's been great for that because I can reach out to so many people, right? And just go listen. Just want to pick your brain, man. Here's my quote. Mm-hmm. Review it. Tell me what you think. You think I'm on way off here? You think I was like having a bad day when I was putting this quote together? And see, and then do vice versa. Go listen. It's, it's yeah. a. So, are, are we talking about new builds? Are we talking about renovations? Here? Anything. I think we could, I think that's applicable to renovations and new because builds. Because you, you, does anybody hmm. give a square foot price for no, renovations? No, I don't. That no, doesn't right? exist. No. In the, in it doesn't exist. So you're you're quoting a project. You're quoting that project. Yeah, so you've and got drawings. Like, I have to go there. Yeah. I have to do this, and this is what it takes for me to access your building. This is what it takes for me to get a bin there. This is what it takes for me to, you know, get my trades in there. So so that's why. But you can get another set of eyeballs to go through yeah. your line by line and go, listen, why are you so high on this? Why are you so, yeah. why are you so low on this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just kind of double check, right? Like, wouldn't that sure. benefit you as a business owner where yeah. we can make more friends than enemies and just go, listen, I trust you. I want to have coffee. I want to sit down with you. And I want to just go, I want to like basically work together, but against each other, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm quoting this job. I want you to overlook it. And then you're quoting a job. I'll overlook it. And you keep you're on doing together. that. Mm-hmm. And I think that you guys might actually give each other work more. Yep. And you'll be on par, and maybe you won't get those situations where it's apple and orange, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I praised that bathroom, and, and again, I, I looked at it and I felt very comfortable with it. But it just makes me second guess now: Are we not priced accordingly to our market? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like, I know, definitely think. Like, you're how under. recent was that project? Uh, six months ago. Okay. So could, it's could sorry, it could be like what you were saying before. Like maybe they had a lot more overhead too. Uh, so I mean, it's it's a, a buddy of mine. Uh, you know, I haven't really dived deep into the the fine details of of the project and what yeah. whatever what have you. But uh, yeah, overhead wise, we're not quite the same. But yeah, it's uh, it's a tough tell. Like I just mm. I I don't like bathrooms. I I, I, I so tell you, every client that ever asks, like outhouses. What's going on? So you no, like bathroom <laughs> rentals. I, I hate bathroom rentals. I'll uh, take your I I, I don't like undervalued bathroom rentals because I've always said over and over, I don't care who it is. I'll argue it. I'll argue with an architect. A bathroom is the most challenging room to renovate. Mm -hmm. Tightest quarters, most amount of functions going on in one little area. Kitchens, you have space Mm -hmm. to do everything you need to do. So I don't like undervalued bathrooms and they really frustrate me. And I did a couple of them a few years ago and I hated it. And everybody Mm -hmm. seems to like bathrooms. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) they're a great transformation. They look great. Right. But Everybody seems to think uh, <laughs> bathrooms, you know, are still about 10K. Espresso. You know, it's... it's Peanut gallery, sorry. 10, 10K to renovate a, a three-piece bathroom because, you know, maybe the TV told them that, you know, it was it was affordable or it could be done that way, right? But, and it gets, uh, gets to the point where I want to bring up a point where it's like, where can, <laughs> where can we make more money as a GC business? Like... I'm of the mind as I get more into the business and slightly getting out of the business, I start thinking, where could I have made more money? Where could I have either padded one line or another or offered something else that could have been a higher profit margin for mm-hmm. me? 
Like, where could I have been a better salesperson to get more money out of my profit on that particular job? Whether it's a difficult bathroom or not, or whether it's a simple deck or whatever it is like mm. are there thoughts are you guys reviewing and going back and going where can i make more money out at that same project warranties warranties yeah absolutely because you're we we don't want callbacks right so you lose money we mm-hmm. we, we build mm. to the nines so that we don't have to go back so absolutely. a warranty and selling an extended warranty is a is a great way to you know to offer the option to to a client to hey like if you or how pay many this clients up, of yours have you had where they moved in and they magically discovered a scratch or a dent or something that was never there <laughs> just magically magically yeah you talk to you listen to David Blaine move in here or what's going on you have to be clear on the terms of warranty you got to be very very clear about yeah exactly because they could milk that yeah yeah I'm seeing more and more builders do service contracts after for two years really mechanicals and tidying up silicone that peels off. Which is great mm-hmm. because you want to kind of start to get the client to understand that this house, even though it's perfect and we built it and our brand's behind it, yeah. it still needs maintenance. Yeah. It will need maintenance for the rest of your days. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a car still. So you might as well call <laughs> us because we built it. So we know what we, we should be doing with it. Exactly. We're not trying to gouge you, but we're going to make some money from that. Are there any other places that you could think of that there's opportunity to make some money? Profit-wise, I'm going to say profit, not money. What about building uh, relationships with suppliers and stuff like that? Like so Suppliers showed their true colors during the pandemic years where they didn't care about getting back to us. Yeah. And it really annoyed that's, the hell out of me. That's true. And yeah. I felt that they just became a lazy bunch of SOBs. We talked right? like on the way here about that. Yeah. So it's like you guys needed to step up, if anything, at that point. So they, mm. I didn't like what they were doing because their profit margins were going through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. They were forcing us to convince our clients to buy more expensive items that were sitting on shelves longer because the main street items weren't being produced because of the shutdowns. Right. Mm. So I didn't like all that. So they could sit back, make their commission points, make more money doing less work. Yeah. Well, we wish we could do that, but we couldn't do that. We weren't doing that. Mm. Well, you guys are all probably familiar with the how fast, how cheap, how good, the, you know, yeah, right. The, one so of you, they, yeah. the, you, you can have two out of the yeah. three. So, but if there are, occasionally people who want to move up a timeline or they want to start living in in the place before you know reno is done mm. you got you have to everyone have listening to, do not ever let that happen <laughs> you, yeah. you, have, you have to, to have very mm. very upfront transparent conversations with the client and just say this is going to up the cost of construction you know we need to make sure that this is livable for you we, we're going to take extra care <clears> yes yeah, safe, safe. got to be safe um, you know and this doesn't matter this if will just, co- just this for the record because i've had this conversation regarding a reno that's an open permit if it's the homeowner yeah. technically speaking that house had an occupancy permit already allowed right mm-hmm. they can move in with no railings no staircase wow. no scaffolding could be open balcony yeah. but how is that totally, on your conscience it doesn't sit well with me but i had the argument with the city about this just because wow. that house that dwelling already received it and it's an open rental the homeowners that are attached to that title are allowed yeah. and all their stupid kids are allowed to be in there See, rolling around right. that house in yeah. complete danger. Yeah, that's where not con- right. Like, con- contractors are aware that there's no railing there for that day. Mm-hmm. Contractors are aware that someone's painting right next to us or whatever. They're where kids are not aware of that and homeowners are definitely not aware of that. <laughs> well, that's fun for them. Yeah. <laughs> so the amusement park, that's going <laughs> to yeah. end up really bad, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So it's already a drop. But yeah, yeah. That's, that, that, I see what you're saying about that. So situational things, so you're making adaptations to client 
desire or need. It doesn't always have to come across as, hey, I'm trying to sell you something greater, but I'm just adapting to your wants and needs. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think there's a huge difference between a, a, a GC initiated change order versus a client initiated change order because change mm-hmm. orders are, 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 are like, that's, that's money I just, making. I'm sorry. I just frowned because I was like, I've never in my life initiated a change order. So you've never opened something up and you'd be like, Hey, the design says this, but I think it would look better if we did this, it might impact the timeline a bit, but other than supply chains, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah. I, you know, we've, we've, we've done interpretations of, because it depends on the amount of detail that you're getting in an architectural or a design drawing. Sometimes it's not clear and you have to be like, <laughs> well, that's why you're here. Yeah, this is yeah. why the so architect like, is here. Oh, I'd love to business. hear like how reasonable are clients these days? Oh, not reasonable. <laughs> and I'm the one to set the expectation first and be the bad guy now. Okay. Um, but I agree with you. That's the thing. And, yeah. and, it's just, and the worst thing ever is that we know how to read drawings and we know how to visualize a drawing. We know if that hallway is too narrow. We know that that bathroom, kitchen, whatever it is, doesn't work because mm-hmm. we've seen the drawing and built yes. the action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but they never listen to we. No. No. So now it's on, like it's unrealistic, their expectations. When yeah. you're presenting ideas to these clients and then there's a dollar figure attached to it, yeah. are you, you probably are one of the few that are conscious of what is involved the moment you I'm drew designing. it and exactly. signed off on it and gave it to the contractor. Yes. Especially yeah. well, if you know you're going to have to build it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're well, gonna it doesn't be happen like too often. <laughs> I'm mostly handing it off, yeah. so I, I get it right away. So I have to set that expectation first. And usually people will come to me and the first question I ask when designing is, what's your build budget? And that's all I need but to know to design accordingly. how do you come up with that number out of the dark when it's still a piece of paper? Because most of the time, the clients do have an expectation of what they want to spend. No, no, that's dictated by the bank and by their savings. Exactly. And yeah. So then I got to design accordingly. I can't just go off with whatever they want and then hand it over and you guys are being like, oh, this is double what you thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. So I become the bad guy a lot of the time too now. I remember I was quoting a job and I was, I was not getting along with the architect. It didn't really hurt my feelings, but, and, and it's just like, he came in and started drawing this house that was way beyond what their, I knew what their budget was. I yeah. knew it, but the drawings were way beyond. Yeah. And they kept on looking towards me to solve the budgetary problems. Right, yes. Right. And I just said, I'll solve it with one sentence, guys. Get rid of the second floor. Yeah. You, can't afford, <laughs> you can't afford right? this. Yeah. yeah. And then ultimately I was taken off the job. I'm like, great, because they already started paying for the architect. Mm-hmm. That's fine, right. which yeah. is great. A few years later, I drive by, and guess what? No second floor. <laughs> it's, it's not Nailed it, Manny. Yeah. I'm just saying, it's like contractor has some experience, so it's like you can't ask for all these things on paper yes. and then expect contractors to be magicians to figure this all out. We still have to... Listen, are you guys all not working with a ideally 15% profit margin here mm-hmm. if you try to get to that point? So it's like if you start giving them everything... That 15 is going to turn into like nothing real quick. Then why are we yeah. doing it? It's not our house. It's not no. our family's house. It's not. Why are we doing it? The yeah. process is backwards too. It shouldn't be. We're designing first. We should honestly hire the GC. They should be a part of that conversation. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Yes. So now that I'm introduced, I've changed my process since building to designing homes. And I always encourage people to go look for a builder that you like and they'll come sit down. How do they us. react to that question? Uh, they're pretty receptive now. At first, they're like, I don't know. We don't know who we're going to go with yet. Like, mm-hmm. it's always a distant thought. Yeah. They, they're excited at first. They want to see a, a 
magical design and then determine that mm. after the fact. Yeah. yeah. But now I always encourage the collaboration the now with the, with the smartest thing is to bring in the contractor 100%. on day one with the architect. Save so much headache and together. then it honestly changes the expectations right there and then. Yeah. Because the contractor will be there, whether it's the devil or the angel on their shoulders exactly. saying, no, that's going to be too expensive. Exactly. Yes, that will work. And yep. just go from there. And then exactly. now you actually get drawings that make sense. Yeah. Now, whether you hire that GC or not, that's a difference. And we would still encourage them. I'm sure you guys would too. Yeah. Get two other ones. If you yep. want, I can recommend my competition if you like, which I love. That's what you said, John, before on the other show that you were on. You're like, you endorse the competition. That's a good sign. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the client shouldn't be thinking, why is he endorsing the competition? Mm-hmm. Well, because we, we mm-hmm. apples and apples. Yeah, exactly. You know the truth of it. It's more transparent too, right? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's the more conversations that are <laughs> happening, the, the more positive it can be. Like if they go out and get two other quotes and they're just like, Hey, I, I still remember John, you know, because you know, he offered great ideas. He had a great approach. You know, he, he sold us on on who his company was, and he, I think they're going to go with. At the end of the day, they're going to go with who they're com- most comfortable with. The money is definitely a factor, but in my initial pitch to all my clients, I never even talk about money. I I, I rarely bring it up until there are actually there's actually a scope of work. Dangerous. Because, I, I don't yeah. know what the scope, I don't know what the scope of work is. Yeah. Like, right? I'm just meeting I'm just meeting you or like I'm emailing with you. Hey, you you've got an interesting project. I'm I'm shopping for contractors. I'm like that's great. I yeah. I'd love to be considered. Um this is our approach and you know this is my background and this is my company, this is my team. And I don't even talk about money. I'm just like if you when, once you're ready to have once you have a, a definitive specific scope of work that I can bid on. I'm not going to talk about money, but usually a bathroom is in the range of this. I have no, I have no issue ballparking or spitballing a number, but you know, it depends on the project. My experience is that the ballpark has just been ingrained in their head. Yeah. I always get asked that. I I'm reluctant to at certain times to talk about money. Like on the first visit when you're kind of just walking through things, not really getting down to the scope. And they're like, well, what's your ballpark? I want to do my bathroom. (laughs) We're building a house, a not a ballpark. I, I don't. I don't know. Like, you know, do you, do you want a tile? Do you want to well, I just. I mean, I, I'm reluctant to do the same thing sometimes, but you know, you also got to kind of set precedence a little bit ahead of time too, so where you're not going back three or four times mm-hmm. to meet that client. Sure. Yeah. Ultimately, to find out that their budget doesn't fit their vision. Yeah. And no matter how much you discuss that with them, you can't change their vision because they're ingrained in thinking that that three-piece bathroom let's say it's an eight by eight or a you know five by eight whatever i mean it's, we're not talking a massive bathroom but that's still going to be a 25 to 30k touch these days without going crazy on finishes yeah you so, know and that so, you, so that's in that's the point in time where you're just like we're probably not the right fit for you. but you've yeah. wasted yeah. four days going there so yeah yeah that's you don't let it get but did you far. waste it or did you just it's an you education that it. you avoided yeah. losses from sure but imagine asking the question the first time True. And getting to the point. Why like is everybody's busy? Right? Why is it so reluctant mm-hmm. for clients to just let us do our job? I'm completely confused. If someone's working on my car, I'm not mechanically inclined. 
I'm confused and I would never go to the mechanic going, are you doing it right? Like I've heard something that Google says this, like I've never done that to anybody that's a professional that's doing something else. It, like if you're at the doctor's office and you're doing a physician and whatever, like I'm not questioning it. You're the professional. Why is it that clients are questioning <laughs> us? Because we don't have mechanical television or veterinarian television or yeah or what yeah, it comes you, back right? to our early yeah. conversation no, HG, it's hgtv yeah and it's i killed mean us. as you know i <laughs> yeah i know you you've had experience yeah right? i have very good experiences yeah. at that um you know and I, I don't have a problem with it based on the the platform the show that i'm a part with there they don't talk about the cost that's not the the premise of the show um where there are many others and many adaptations over the years that have dealt with the cost and you know, maybe they've gotten, you know, contra items, freebies, things that have helped bring the budget down. Maybe the, the, the budget they are talking about on that, you know, show is actual budget for that. But that's because, you know, the, the appliance company donated all the appliances or, uh, you know, a lumber company donated the lumber. Sponsorships. So, it's yeah, a different animal. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, but it doesn't paint a proper picture for your standard homeowner that looks and goes, Oh, wow. They renovated that bathroom for $10,000. Yeah. Well, because the shower was donated. The tile was donated. The vanity was donated, the, you know, et cetera. And that leaves us now having to try to reeducate people that think they know what they're talking about, mm-hmm. but unfortunately are misinformed mm-hmm. as to that bathroom is now 25 to 30 K. Are you guys getting more of that HGTV presentation as part of your quote? When you guys go in and meet clients, are they referencing? They always reference Google something. Whether something? yeah, YouTube is a big one. YouTube, because there there's a lot of GCs and a lot of companies that are on YouTube, and even have gone further and have like training videos that they sell. Like you have like a membership, and you pay monthly or a fee for one time training fee. for what? Like how to how to build your bathroom. Why aren't we doing that? <laughs> well, you could you could do that, man. Yeah, I'm sure it might is, be. Is maybe it's lucrative that you make it. so much money. Well, I don't off. think I would like. I, are these videos good? Are they explaining things correctly? Well, that's the thing, right? Not necessarily all the time. I don't. I it's, don't. I don't know if you can capture what it's really like in a video. Apparently, people do. That's interesting. There's a guy on Instagram, bathroom oh, remodeling sure teacher. Yeah, and he has a separate thing where you can buy like you pay monthly for it and it teaches you step by step how to finish your bathroom so would any of you guys hire anybody that's doing these videos no why not but all the homeowners are now seeing this and they think they can do it is one thing let them have it right (laughs) or when you try to educate them on (laughs) what it's going to take to do it and the timeline and if they reference that because it's, it's already in their mind it's hard to change their mind on that. That's what I'm finding. Yeah, it, it's it's difficult to, to speak about the entire you know client basis because you you have clients that are extreme on the one hand are extremely experienced and they've they've done their own built their own second homes or cottages or whatever and they're looking for a contractor who they can trust and they have chemistry with, and then you have the the clients who have never done a reno in their life and they have no no idea what to hammer. expect, right? They, they they would hire somebody to change a light, uh, like you know, mm-hmm. yep. a light fixture. Right? Deep deep down, like think about your best client, best best client. Is the price of your skill 
the most or least important part of that relationship. To all those who work hard every day, let us show you how much we appreciate you. It's Customer Appreciation Week at Work and Wear with the biggest deals on the biggest brands, including safety footwear from $69.95. Pick up some work pants and get 50% off the second pair. Plus, enter to win a Napoleon barbecue, a Milwaukee radio, or a $500 gift card. Customer Appreciation Week, September 20th to 25th at all three Work and Wear locations, Scarborough, Markham, and Whitby. Did they hire and keep you and work with you because of your skill set over the price or because over the price over the skill set? It's both. It's both. It's got to be. It's both. Happy meeting. Your best client. I would say more so the skill set and the, like the communication, the relationship you build with them more so than the price. They're willing to pay that price. Yeah, that's true. Because they feel comfortable and, you know, they like you. Mm-hmm. They get along with you. Maybe they've seen some of your work. Maybe you're showing them some of your other work. It looks great. So then they trust you. And if they can trust you, then the price isn't so much of a big deal. But if you had somebody quote that same job and they're within the ballpark, they're going to go with the person that they trust. Absolutely. Right. But if you're out in left field, hopefully, yeah. the best, my best clients, I'm not going to want to gouge them because no. I want a relationship with my best mm-hmm. clients. Exactly. I want that. I want to be servicing their children. They I want to be, you know, working for their children. I feel though yeah. that the trust is always slightly behind the price, just uh, slightly behind. with your best yeah. clients. Like right now, I didn't even budget a custom home I'm building. It's literally just what it costs, what it costs. But they're trusting me to manage it. So you do get the opportunity with some clients that care more about yeah. the personality skills. But, yeah. but that job's style. not done yet. And those so would be you your don't know if they're clients. your best clients. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of get to know them through the process of yes. designing the home because yep. that process mm-hmm. is long. Right. Like it takes a year for us right, to get right. the permits, design the house. So that's you, why I'm able to be fortunate in this position. You guys have never had your best client turn into your worst client? No. That's never happened in your career? Like on wood. Nope. I've, I've had... I've had incredibly it. nice clients. Like, what went wrong? <laughs> so I plead the fifth. <laughs> but what went wrong, though? This t- too many expectations. They yeah. just uh, kept on asking for more and more shit, and and you kept on wanting to deliver, and then all of a sudden money started being late, and then it just became friction back and forth, uh, and then it just became that. a fucking nightmare after Especially that. Especially if you're a nice guy. Yeah. Money's the root of all evil. Huh? Money's the root of all evil. I have yet to meet a contractor who's not a nice guy or girl. You know what I mean? It's just like, that's we are people pleasers. That's just, I don't care how you slice it. Mm-hmm. Homeowners may not see that, but we are people pleasers. We want to deliver what we promised regarding our skill and our team, the people we vouch for. We're people pleasers. That's our passion. Our objective is to finish the job. And the moment that there's resistance, like you're trying to please that and try to mediate that, try to fix that problem so you can move on to the next stage. But yeah, I think it's easy for your best to turn into your worst. It's a possibility. Mm -hmm. Sure. Everything was so great. And then now why can't you do this? Why can't you do that? Because I've already did everything I could. We did it during COVID. Yeah. We brought in. We were the only people on site. We were re- redoing an entire house. Main, main structure stayed. Lots of interior structural changes, layout changes, et cetera. Um, probably a month into the interior framing. And COVID hit. Legalities, clients didn't understand, you know, their exposure and, you know, having people work on their property. And if they got sick or worse, um, shut down for a month. And it was, you know, almost a month to the day. It was a Sunday night, like 10 p.m. And a mass email went out telling all trades are expected back that Monday, like 
12 hours from now, not even you know, less, eight wow. hours. Um, I apply, replied right away saying, you know, fantastic, glad to hear that the job's up and running again. We'll see you in a week. From that point on, we were the worst trade they ever. Yeah. yeah, we were still on the job, but we were not the favorite anymore. We were looked down upon, treated poorly. Um, it was, it just, people change, you know, yep. and then you go from an amazing relationship. Everyone's happy. But you're you know. honest though. Yeah. And you know, that didn't, that didn't work for them. Not only did they shut the job down for a month, they upped the schedule by a month. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've had like, talking about being fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We've had the same thing, a change order, um, a, a, by the way, can you do X, Y, and Z as well? It doesn't just add price, it adds scope to the timeline. Time. But I want to keep you, but can you get it done by this day? We're going to do our best, but like, this is a lot of extra work. Mm-hmm. And then they hold you to that date and they're just like, now you're the worst person they've ever met. And you're just <laughs> like, I'd guys, you're working in the weekend. And all of history. Like, Are you talking about Lucifer himself? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, you're the worst person. <laughs> Horrible. It blows, like, I'm, I'm glad to hear from you, Matt, that you've never had a problem with payment. Right, yeah. I have yeah, final payment. I have a problem. I, I think every other GC I've ever spoken to has had a problem with it, and I've heard great ideas from other GCs that have been on the show. Whether it's Ty or whether it's Phil, where Phil takes his last payment at the drywall stage, Ty does post dated checks throughout the whole job. So there's milestone checks that automatically get deposited once they said, "Listen, we've completed this. It's getting deposited." So you're not asking for the check anymore. That check's already in your hand as a GC, right? That's mm-hmm. a good idea. It's a yeah. great idea, mm-hmm. but that's there's a still a idea. chance of that check. And technically, in the eyes of the law, you were given a check that's in the future that was already determined that there wasn't funds in the account. Technically speaking, mm-hmm. that's the loophole that's associated with that one, right? They can use that as an argument, but it, it actually says like, here you go. I like the idea of having like a third party trust or something like that, where it's like you're giving the money and you're, you, 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 they've given all the money for the project outside of the change orders. And then once there's a change order, that money first goes in and then you do it. So now it's not in their hands, not in your hands. You just have to do your job, which is what you want. I go back to people pleasing, right? Mm-hmm. How do you guys handle a client that doesn't pay that final bill? I think the biggest issue there is, is there's a power differential right so clients withholding their final payment that's their power over you because that's mm-hmm. literally the majority of your your profit margin what's their concern that we're going to take off yeah, at that point yeah because we we're at the end and we're going to take off well, I know. Yeah, as, in, as an industry we actually have a very poor reputation <clears throat> and I, I think being part of these talks is a great step forward to increasing the transparency and and showing that hey we're professionals at what mm, we do yeah. and we have pride in what we do, but that check is still their form of power over you. So one thing we implemented was a, a clause called substantial completion and substantial completion is defined in our contract as is the place being used as per purposed. So, you know, is like, like you can't withhold the last 10% based on a Nick on the wall or whatever you're using the bathroom, right? Yeah. It's, it's it's completed. Functional. It's mm. functional. We get paid, and and then it's our word to come back and fix all the deficiencies that you guys see. And based on the relationship that we formed over this last four weeks, you know we're gonna come back. Yeah, right. That's that's our approach. I'm just trying to get an understanding for the 
the next, we're all going to get out of this business eventually one day. It doesn't matter whether it's in a buying box that we make or whether mm-hmm. we just decide to start a different business, right? You got a whole crew, crew of other GCs coming up the ranks now. And obviously they want to try to figure out a better mousetrap for us. There's a lot of negatives that are attached to being a GC today. And I don't think those negatives have changed dramatically since 40 years ago. I think they're still on the same chopping block. But I'm envious of the younger generation possibly thinking of ways to get around this where they don't have these problems anymore. Like they Mm. don't exist anymore. Is that a possibility? Or is this just construction? This is how it is. This is is the construction life. This is just construction. (laughs) It seems that that's how it is. This is just construction. But it would be nice as it evolves with the younger generation that they do smooth that out. But it's yet to be seen. I, I think things have come a long way since the generations us but it's going to take generations mm-hmm. yeah not the next generation or maybe even the one after that i think we're going to be long gone before you know this becomes maybe a very normal transaction for people where you know this is what i want okay well this is what it costs and you're done much like going to dinner mm-hmm. unless there's a yeah. you know unless the chicken's raw or there's a you know a clump of hair in your food probably walking out of there paying the bill leaving a tip and you know, you know yep. saying happy. that you, you would go back again you're happy yep. right i think we're you know again two to three generations of gcs before that's maybe normal unless we can manage through conversations such as this to mm. sway that sooner but you know, only time will tell too, mo- too many emotions for how long the process is too like you're talking a year to yeah, but there's, there's no way to streamline even subdivision homes track building homes you're still on a 19 week minimum schedule oh yeah 100 percent. right and that's still a big chunk of time too and they're mostly delayed and they're exactly <laughs> and i still think that's like ridiculously short but they think that's a ridiculously long timeline yeah. so it's how do you handle the gambit of clients are going to have bad days they're going to be yeah everyone has bad days yeah. but uh, but that it mm-hmm. just seems like a, a contractor's life isn't as valuable as everybody else's that's involved in this process no. Yeah. Just because money's being exchanged from them to us doesn't give them the right to ev- like avoid our emotions and what's going through our life. Like it's heart wrenching sometimes to have conversations on the show, hearing about tradespeople that are asking for a day or a week off because a sibling passed away mm-hmm. and the client's yeah. not understanding that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't I, that, like that just blows my mind. It's the biggest investment of their life too. Yeah, which we're a service. Yeah, service is the most negotiated thing. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> that's that's the problem. Like where service-based industry is negotiable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, again, I always go back to the idea of dinner. Most people don't negotiate a dinner. They'll go out and spend whatever <laughs> Yeah, that didn't taste like a $35 steak to no. me. They'll, they'll go back, you know, later and gripe about it to the, you know, the, the better half or a friend or something, you know, that asked how that dinner was. But they'll pay the bill. Mm-hmm. They'll typically leave a tip because I understand that the person bringing the plate of food to the table isn't at fault. And when it comes to construction, you know, there's the price, but is it really the price? Yeah. You know, <laughs> can you do better? You know, my cousin's brother's nephew can do it for this, or he's watched a video and he, you know, yeah. it's, it's comical. And so I, you've, you've never seen somebody eat their meal and then complain about it and not want to pay the bill? Oh, guaranteed it happens. Don't get me wrong. It just, so I don't, it's for the most part, to the extent of contract. You know, again, yeah. I just, I just use that as an example. Just, it, it doesn't seem to be as, as typical, let's say. I think there's, there's uh, some, some clientele, they know the squeaky 
the squeaky wheel yeah. gets the grease, mm-hmm. and they they've and and they're okay with taking that approach to cutting down cutting down the margins. They're they're okay. They ha- they have it in their minds already that. But they completely they forget that we have a livelihood and we have families and mm-hmm. we have. That's right, but like, that, but yep. that's that's all to all tied up in into our us doing our jobs. So like the the experience I'm pulling under is that we missed a deadline by a day. Um, my my workers were uh, they're extremely late. They already had their movers booked weeks in advance, so nothing could change. And uh, the protection in one of the bedrooms wasn't hadn't been removed, and so I got a really nasty text that night saying. What, what the hell is this, John? Was it all caps? The, the, the house is... Was it all caps? Yeah, yeah, all caps. Not a phone call. So just you know a, they were Just yelling. a text. Just, you, you said the home would be ready. It was, I, and I said, you know, I apologize for this. We're going to be there first thing 8 a.m. tomorrow and remove the masonite from the one bedroom. And from that point on, they cut us down to size. They, they were, we were now the worst people they'd ever met. And and they said, because you're, you're an incompetent general contractor, we're not paying you your 10%. We're not Jeez. paying you uh, the last, the last payment. And then so we... They use it as negotiation. Yeah. They, wow. and, then, and, then, uh, and then they had the nerve also to add change orders to that. And they're just like, okay, well, we will consider paying you if you come in and build these. Like, mm. it, It's just your hands are tied at that yeah. point. They, they from day one guaranteed already had that mentality. Yeah. But they were the greatest. Just like what Manny said, they were the greatest client. Every one of my sub trades, they were just like, these clients are fantastic. And it was just in, in the back doors dealing with me. Just uh, I would just reply back saying, you're going to damage that screen every time you press those all caps letters. <laughs> <laughs> then you're going to ask me to buy you a, a new iPhone, which I won't. Right. But it's just, it's kind of sad that we're kind of shit on for lack of, because we go yeah. in with the best intentions, right? Like we're literally, yeah. and we have the best skills. Mm-hmm. We're part of a club that has the best skill set. So I don't understand how, and you probably see this too, Justin. It's like, they just dismiss us. Like you dismissed, it's the one industry where you dismiss the professional. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well said. I don't understand how that's even a, an option on the table. I would say as a designer too, going through this with clients, for every good story, there is also a horror story. Of course. Yeah. It's literally 50-50. Like it's pretty wild to see like every other profession just having like a 90% success rate, but contracting seems to have that lower success you, rate. You guys have a funny story. Too. Like a, it's, I, I see your challenges too, because I, I, I recently communicated with somebody who was telling me about how there was a homeowner in Toronto, Toronto's a, just a zoo. It's just an absolute zoo, right? Absolutely not for the good. And I hate zoos. I will never go to like. I think people should be in the cages and animals should be on the outside. <laughs> but uh, but Toronto is you know we're all in the cage. We're on the outside of the cage. And so all of a sudden, he was telling me about how a homeowner was submitting a COA, requesting for laneway, all this stuff, right? But three or four houses down, there was a politician that was very green. Mm. Didn't appreciate all of these submissions for changes in this house which were legitimate and within bylaws and all kinds of stuff but since this politician had pull with other politicians the homeowner that was already doing everything properly spent like six figures drawings getting things ready submitting to coa all that stuff and he just makes one phone call and shuts it all down so you know that's not right like that's not right no and and he was using the green argument as his platform 
which was total horseshit, right? Because the opposite of what we're trying to do. Exactly, yeah. right? And and he was arguing with the contractors that were working at a neighboring house, and he was complaining about this was dead of winter how some of the trace people were in their trucks warming up and had their vehicle running. And I'm like, listen, I'm green and I'm doing, I, I, is your house not being heated right now? Say, pretty mm-hmm. hypocritical. Like, it's, <laughs> so it did, but since he, they had the poll, then now I felt for the homeowner that was looking to hire this tradesperson to do their work and they trusted that person. They bet they went through all that. They're ready to go and spent six figures on drawings and submissions and doing everything correctly by the book just to have it trampled on by someone who's just an asshole, right? Did they not mm. go through with the project and make the nope. adjustments to fit within the bylaw? Lost all the money. Really? Just wow. She didn't want to continue. It was going on for years. That's I when mean. you paint your house pink and... Yeah. <laughs> Get real petty. It's big yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's like, it's not really fair at that point. There's lots of crazy rules that are going on that oh, yeah. benefit certain people and then just shut down other people. 100%. And I do see it every day. You see it all the time, right? Yeah. yeah. That's why I was trying to get an idea of what these clients are actually asking for on when they're drawing, right? Like, the, how magical are these drawings to them? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, are we still dealing with architect firms that are doing on a percentage basis of the construction? Or yeah, we, yeah, the bigger it, guys, So that's still doing that, sure. right? Yeah. But isn't the majority of the industry doing a cost, flat? Yeah. Cost per square foot. That's usually. what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Doesn't that make sense? Absolutely. I think cost per square foot is the way it should be. Are they clients so nose up in the air that it has to be a certain kind of architect, a certain kind of influencer, yes. a Some certain of kind yeah. of firm. Here. Yeah. Really? Definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. So why isn't that attached to contracting? It has to be a certain tradesperson. Because we're the dreamers. We're the first step too. So everything's glitz and glam right now. Mm. And we get paid our fee, everything. They have the money. Well, all the money's point. in the front. Exactly. So we're the good guys, unfortunately, for all you guys. That's <laughs> true. Well, you guys destroyed that, that's, my that's dream. That's a really good yeah. point. <laughs> like you saying that the money's up front. Because one of your questions that you had posed to us was, well, what's the difference between a good GC and a bad GC? I, yeah. think, I think a good GC is somebody who tells you up front, this is what I'm making off this project. Transparency. Yeah. J- j- like, like, Not too transparent, the days though. where I'm just <laughs> going to be yeah. like, I'm going to give you one number for this whole project. I'm going to break it down into as much detail, like so much detail that it's like a menu. So you know what you're ordering. You mm. know what you're ordering off. But it's a double menu. edge, right? Because yeah. they can mm. hold it nitpick right to I stop. I stopped doing that. I When I price things now, it's everything's listed in great detail. One number at the very bottom. That's it. Because they will pick you apart until you have nothing left. And then all the three, four hours you wasted quoting that big job is all just a loss. And you're standing there with nothing to do. Why can't we go and get a job from a client? And you could probably do the same too with the drawings. Just tell them, you're going to make changes. We're going to hate each other. You're going to send me text (laughs) messages that are all going to be caps. You're honest. You're going to piss me off. I'm going to piss you off. We're going to go through all this, but what's the objective here? To build your dream home or not? Do you want me to do it? We get along right now. We're good friends and all kinds of shit. But do you want to become enemies and then stay enemies? Or do you want to become enemies and become friends again and then deliver everything we promise? Maybe just be blunt and upfront with it. Yeah. Can I punch you now? And then you punch me and then we just go from there. Yeah. It might fucking work. I don't (laughs) know. Like it's just. For some people that would work. Yeah. They'll be like, I can't believe you spoke to me like that. Other people just might be a little bit taken back by that and. But it's an honest frowned approach. Upon. It is, absolutely. I kind of do that now. Do you do that? Yeah. And how has it reacted? Uh, a little bit. Pretty good. And I said, 
at the end, we will be best friends, though. <laughs> but I said during it, it's a marriage. This this process is longer yes. than marriages actually last. <laughs> I know, but then they look at your wedding ring finger, and you're, yeah. there's no tan yeah. line on it or a banner on it. You've yeah. never been married, yeah. not in this country. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it does come down to like the reason why we do this. You know, I consciously made a choice to enter this. So sometimes the, the work that we end up doing is a consequence of our younger, inexperienced selves, and we just find ourselves in the trades and this is what we do now and then we adapt but like for me it was a conscious choice like i wanted to be here and finding my reason why as the company has changed and grown and the clientele has come and grown i have had to reassess that reason you know like i i want my marriage to last I'm not, what, no, is, no, what no, is no <laughs> smacking but it's john it's, it's interesting guys, so like what is like for me the real reason I got into it is I was in love with the idea of building something better that was already built. Right. Seeing that there's a possibility that something could be built better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was my idea in my head, there's a way to do that. I just need to figure it out. But it doesn't make you many friends. No. You butt heads with tradespeople that just want to do taillight warranties. Yeah. You butt heads with tradespeople who just, and in all fairness, after so many years of being in the business, I agree with those that if I cared less, I would have made more money and I probably would have had less headache and far less gray. Right. But you built your brand on that, right? You built and your brand on it, and sure. you built your reputation, your career on the fact that you were going to respect, you're going to respect the work that's done and you're going to stand by the work that is done. So that's a conscious decision yeah. that you're making. And you're, and that's also your selling point to a client, right? That this is this is who I am. If you're gonna hire me, Manny, hardcore Renos, um, a little bit less hero. <laughs> I'm on my way. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what I mean, like that. So you have to, you know, as your career goes along, that reason why you do things it has to, it has to ch change and adapt. You remind yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you do. What is it, John, for you and, and you guys? Like, why why do you guys do this, man? Why do we put ourselves We're through this? For punishment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chaos, turmoil, yeah. you know, stress. Thrive uh, on stress. Yeah. Sometimes. Uh, I think with you, John, when I see it through some of your posts and, and I kind of have a sense of your crew, you, you've created a network of positivity around if there's some shit going on, if things are kind of going south, you've got a, a group of friends. That they're coworkers, but they're friends. That got your back. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm fortunate enough that through you know the last ten years, I've found very like-minded guys in around Barry. Yeah. Um, you know, people I can call on. You know, people who can call upon us. Um, you know, it could be something as simple as you know, buddy of mine borrowed a jackhammer. You know, just messaged me up. You got a jackhammer? I get. Let's sit in here. Come get it. Take it as long as you need. Um, or it could be something where you know someone's lending us uh, two guys for a couple of days. Um, you know, or vice versa, and and that's that's how it should be yeah, in around should. your ecosystem where you live. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there shouldn't be an issue with calling up and asking for help. Um, there should be no ego with that, and yeah, you know, you cultivate that through you know positive experiences and and you know like mindedness, and you weed out the weak. You weed out the guys that aren't going to uphold the same standard as you and aren't going yep, to, yep. you know, care. Um, the B team. Yeah. You know what? Like, and, you know, unfortunately we have, we still have those guys around where we are and they'll, they'll have their market. They'll have their niche. 
Um, they're not going anywhere. But the idea is, you know, to service your clientele, not their clientele, right? So you're going to have mm. the clients that care for, you know, your personality or let's say my team's personality, care for the, you know, the uh, family member or friend referred us. Um, they're not looking maybe at the bottom line as hard as maybe more so what the interaction with the, you know, personality that you're bringing into that situation. You know, if you're mm. walking in and, you give off a, a, a bad presence, then, you know, maybe they'll pick up on that and vice versa. We like, you know, like we need to be able to do with, with clients when, when, when mm -hmm. meeting them for the first time. So, um, yeah, I don't think you'll ever get rid of the chaos. I mean, it, it just happens. It's, it's human nature. You know, I think we all love it. Social media gives it to us. You know, there's always the video on there of something wrong going to happen. We're always going to, you know, click and watch. Yeah. It's like car a car accident. accident. Yeah. yeah right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, <coughs> you know, it's just how you mitigate and how you how you get through it. And if you have integrity and you're going to, you know, stand up and be there to help the client through, or sometimes they're going to help you through, you become close mm -hmm. to the client. Maybe you go through a bad time. Maybe a family member does pass and they're there to assist and to, to care and, you know, be a friend as opposed to a foe. So, um, Is the same with you, Justin? Like you're getting, it's, it's interesting that you're getting both sides. It's yeah. good. And we've always said this on the show over and over that architects should get boots on the ground and vice versa, right? We should oh, have yeah. a better understanding. It's necessary of for every architect yeah. to do it. Yeah, but not every architect does that. <laughs> no, no. no, I would say I'm one of very few. Yeah, yeah. I think you're probably the 1%. 1%. Yeah, yeah, right. 100%. So, yeah, I definitely think But you so. did that consciously because you wanted to get a better understanding of what was involved. Your drawings don't look good unless we build them. Honestly, it changed how I drew my drawings. Too. Really? Oh, 100%. You have architects still, which I can't fathom, doing dimensions to exterior finishes to interior finishes. Nothing to do with framing, you know? You're talking a bit so I actually have separate framing plans. Like, it's strictly just framing. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it changed my perspective only yeah. because, I, because I went on site. Went on site, yeah. The only yeah. dimensions that really matter are the, when you're actually framing the house. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was definitely mm. a good change. Mm. And to be honest, it was just because I was bored. I get bored of one thing, so it's nice... GCing is kind of nice for a new job every year type thing mm. when you're building a house. So I like the change. When you're stuck in an office all day, it gets kind of... Yeah. But you haven't had a resistant client yet. Uh, architecturally, I have. Architecturally, yeah. Right? yeah. But not GC. Not GC, no. Uh, it's like traveling from the moon to the Mars. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's two different things. Yeah, right? it is two different things for sure. I mean, and I'm, I'm not encouraging that it happens, but it's just it, you stay long enough in the game, you become the villain, I was going right? to say, I'm fortunate enough, I can pick and choose because it's not my primary gig, I would say. Yeah. Like the architectural aspect is. Yeah. So it's nice being able to be like, you know what, I'm going to build these two houses this year and choose your clients accordingly. Yeah. And how are you guys looking at it? <clears throat> it's, a, it's a passion as well, right? And it's the pride in the work. Mm -hmm. And that's really what's the, the driving force is. You want to have attention to detail. You're going to be, have a safe and clean work site. All that's, you know, if that's what you believe in and that's what's going to happen. And you're just trying to get that across to the client. But ultimately, if I ever have a tough day and I'm like, why do I do this to myself? It's the passion for yeah. doing you great work. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, yeah, what? <laughs> yeah that, that's exactly like five, five ten. <laughs> Where's the rest of it? Why do I do this? Well, you know what's funny is that as much as like sometimes you're going through shit with a bad client or a bad experience that's going on, you'll be driving around town or taking care of your day-to-day -day or whatever, and you'll come across a job site. Not yours. Someone else's. Mm -hmm. And what do we do? 
we slow down and we take mm-hmm. a look and we we take a look and we kind of nod. We nod at them. Yeah. Like we kind of just <laughs> 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 yeah. anybody walking forward? <laughs> no, I'm available. <laughs> no, I just, and, and Justin, yeah, like why do you put yourself through this? Uh the passion for the job. Like you just the wow factor. We're we're wow factor junkies. At the end of it, mm-hmm. you see it and you're like, wow. When you take well, nothing yeah. and you make it something beautiful. Yeah. Like you take a basement, for instance, whether it's a full home rental, a basement rental, whatever, a bathroom rental, you take it from nothing, just concrete or just studs, yeah. and it turns into like an oasis or just a beautiful space. Yeah. And I'm it's like, that, yeah, actually. like, wow. Yeah. When it transforms like that. Yeah, yeah, like as a designer, it's on paper still. It might not even be built to my design. So mm. I kind of liked you seeing in that way where every step yeah. of the process is so gratifying. Yeah. You know what I really love, too, is all the rough work, what you don't see at the end. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> For instance, when you're framing something, and it's just dead straight, level, blocking where it's supposed to be, just beautiful. You can really take pride in that. Yeah. Nobody's right. ever going to see that. Nope. But you can take pride knowing that that's really nice, and that was skill. That took skill and years of you know, on the job to get it like that. Yeah, the letters on the LVL. <clears throat> Exactly. Just these, just yeah. these little things, these little OCD things. I don't go that. Well, yeah, that we I do. <laughs> like, for instance, if I'm putting hydro block board in a shower, the writing always has to be right side up <laughs> so you can read it. It's just OCD a thing. That way. My yeah. biggest gripe, and, and that means nothing. Well, my <laughs> biggest gripe these days is like I, I don't. Okay, so I know that a few years back on social media. Direction of screws on on light switch plates. Oh yeah, were a oh, huge yeah. thing. Oh that. And nowadays, <laughs> I'm like, who the fuck is still using screw plates? Yeah. Right. That, that's true too. <laughs> like you shouldn't be using screw plates. No, that's like, true. I too. did a rental property, and I was like, I didn't. I'm like, no, we're getting screwed. This. I don't understand what you're talking about. The like, snapping plates are more expensive. <laughs> I wanted to get rid of the argument about which direction the screws should go, right? Yeah, I, I, I just, I wanted to ask you guys, um, I had to, you were saying something about that. Uh, like I totally forgot there was a question I was going to ask you about visiting the site. Sorry, I, I totally missed. I wanted to ask you guys, how do we improve this industry? What's the, what's the magic bullet? Manny. What do you mean, Manny? <laughs> Manny's. This, 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 podcast. <laughs> this podcast is going to change the industry. It's, it's helping the industry, yes. but you need more of these, right? You True. need more of these yeah. conversations. More like-minded individuals. Yeah. I mean, this like is becoming a school, here. right? Yeah. Like I'm getting wind from younger trades that are reaching out going, I love this show. I love that show. Yeah. I loved what this person had to say. And I was like, great. And then I also like the fact that you're getting people saying, I, and I know you homeowners are listening. I know you are, right? Because I get a lot of trades saying a homeowner recognized my voice and recognized who I was and said, I heard you on Construction Life. That's and I'm nice. like, this is great. And then That's they'll awesome. send me that message. And I'm like, this is why I've done this show. That I must want, be a good feeling for it's you. It's a great feeling. Yeah. yeah. Because now they, and I remember that show and they said something positive. It's like, yeah, you talk for 90 minutes or two hours or whatever it is. Mm. And you get a homeowner that, sticks and connects with something that someone yeah. said and they're like i want to work and that's that the change yeah, yeah. it just is right slowly there. oh it's very slow it works to right. your point where it's going to take decades yeah. <laughs> slowly but surely it will i think it's it getting will. better in the last like 10 decades oh I mean, yeah. It, like, 10 de- 100 years? No. <laughs> ten, ten, <laughs> ten. I think it's gotten better in the last decade. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. It was like 100. Actually, just, it's gotten better. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> there was no safety harnesses on those uh, iron workers on those towers, right? I just think the younger people are a little bit more adaptive and collaborative and actually talk to your point, like actually being mutually yeah. inclusive on mm-hmm. the problems. 
But they're know. also greedy financially. <laughs> they yeah. don't think they're worth more than what they are. It's because their mortgage payment's six grand now instead of an older guy who doesn't have a mortgage. Plus, they're driving around in a six-figure pickup truck. Yeah. 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 Ollie's. Yeah. <laughs> to, to your question, how do we improve the industry? Yeah. We need to up the communication and education yeah. to our younger yes. younger stu- students coming out of high school. There's there's actually like almost a 20-year-old high school program called the Specialist um, Major in, constru- in Construction. Hmm. Um, and it's a way that the high schools actually uh, allow students to take to get credits towards their, um, you know, their Ontario secondary school. Was this every high school or? Uh, There are very specific high schools in the GTA that offer it. Um, But one way that we've been trying to give back and engage with the community is, is to make connections with, um, you know, co-op, co-op counselors and things. So we, we have, Mm. we're in there in the TDSB system. So when the students come up for their co-op programs, whether it's half day or full day, um, keep in mind, you're not paying WSIB, you're not paying insurance, like this is all covered, but you need to be giving like a curriculum to a, a, a potential, like a high school student. You're going to take the time out to train. Yeah, exa- yeah. exactly. <laughs> and so we don't, we don't take many students, but we've, we've had over the last three years, we've had three. So <clears throat> have they been positive experiences like the kids? Um, it's a learning curve for us as well. We've you've taken them, right, John? Like you've, uh, oh yeah, or no? No, not yet. I've, okay, uh, we've had a couple come out of the uh, college program. Okay, yeah. so I mean, they they went, they paid the money to be, uh, you know, to, to learn. Um, the ones that we had, unfortunately, one's still with us today. One, one, unfortunately, is not with us. Uh, it just it wasn't a good fit, personality-wise. Um, but they kind of got the short end of the stick because of the pandemic. They were unable to do a lot of the the practical. So it was a lot of theory-based learning, um, you know, Zoom learning, where they felt they had learned a lot. Um, You know, but it was very I disagree. Yeah, Yeah. we did as well. It was very humbling for them to kind of come in and and see, you know, what it is actually like, you know. Hands-on changes everything. Yeah, big But, you know, the the one that's still with us has, has picked up, you know, I would think tons of knowledge. I mean, you know, still got lots to go, but, you know, he's had hands-on. He's been allowed to make mistakes. You know, we're never going to penalize anybody for, for mistakes if, if they open, you know, if they own their mistake. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so you, you learn. learn from it. Yep, right? absolutely. It's the ones that repeat mistakes constantly. That Same you, ones. You get rid of. Get rid of so. yep. Have you taken on, Matt, anybody? I have not, no. No? No. I've thought about it, but it's just, do I have that time to invest at this point in the game? Is what I'm fighting. I see, see, like, because I'm still hands-on right? a lot. Yeah. Whereas I'd like to transition and step back, and the advice that I've been given is to step back. I just have a hard time letting go. I don't know what it standard. is. I didn't. I actually encouraged it. It was like it was kind of fun. Where because of social media, I was always approached to bring on more kids. They would reach out, and I'm like, "Come by the job site. I don't care." And have you installed shooter? Nope. Here you go. Like, I'll give you a crash course how it is. I didn't want to start doing scratch code. It didn't make any sense to me. So I was mm-hmm. giving them an opportunity that they probably would never get in school. 
Mm-hmm. So I encouraged it, right? But yeah, you, to your point, I did it because I was pulling back more mm. and then giving more work to subtrade. So then I just literally was a fly on the wall at that point. Yeah, true. And then I could speak to the kid at that point. But the thing is, I guess as a business owner, it would start to consume my time. Mm-hmm. And that's where I started arguing with Luca Bocci when he was the CEO of OHVA. That's a different story. Mm. Uh, I was saying that you guys should be subsidizing us, custom resi yeah. people right. yes. across this country. We get nothing. Unions get everything, yep. high rise gets everything, but custom resi gets nothing. Yes. And I guarantee you that if they gave us something, you'd see a huge spike. Yeah, it's true. true. There's Massive the incentive spike. that we need. Yeah, absolutely. To all those who work hard every day, let us show you how much we appreciate you. It's Customer Appreciation Week at Work and Wear with the biggest deals on the biggest brands, including safety footwear from $69.95. Pick up some work pants and get 50% off the second pair. Plus, enter to win a Napoleon barbecue, a Milwaukee radio, or a $500 gift card. Customer Appreciation Week, September 20th to 25th at all three Work and Wear locations, Scarborough, Markham, and Whitby. But they're not listening. Because when it takes our time away, we lose. Not that we're trying to be greedy, but I'm still a hands-on GC. I'm on site almost every day. If it's not one site, it's multiple sites. So I'm on whatever site every day, and I'm hands-on. If I was to take that time off, who's going to go to the other site if I have to train somebody else? And even if I get Dustin to train the guy, well, now he's not doing what I had set him out to do in the scope. Because now he's got to train this person. Yeah. It's going to slow him down. He's going to have to babysit, at least for the first little bit. Yeah. So essentially, I'm down a guy if you, I was to do that. You have to look at it as an investment, though. It, it, it is a long, long game. Like what like what we were talking about. How did you ever have a problem teaching somebody? Oh, and, and, yes. and thinking oh, in the back the of your head, he's going to leave or she's going to leave. Mm-hmm. And all the time. Going, like, I don't think that. I never thought t- that. I, I, I have that thought all the time. You and that's yeah. that's the screening process when you're interviewing somebody. Yeah. Like what are what are your plans? Like if you have plans to be your own GC in the next five years, you're probably not being too realistic about your plan going forward. But there are times when you meet somebody and they are extremely mechanically inclined. Uh, one of my best employees was a graduate from OCAD had had zero to no experience on the job site and he quickly so he's going from OCAD to construction? oh yeah my i have a business partner as well he was an occupational therapist he, he changed over he's he's now you know running a, his own job site so there there are things yeah, that yeah. we can do are you like bringing in hairstylists into this <laughs> <thing>? <laughs> <laughs> i wish Massage that's what we're missing like holy yeah. cow wow okay uh, just it, it's just recognizing part of our skill is to know people right yeah be able to read people yeah read people mm-hmm. And, and not everybody is, is is strong in the same areas. Like, I might be good at framing, but, like, I don't want to, you know, touch a trowel, right? Like, you've got the eye for, for uh, mudding and taping. Like, I, I don't really like sanding. You know, nobody likes sanding. But, True. Um, but, you know, it's just we have to be able to recognize an individual's strengths and empower them in their usage of those strengths, and then that's when you're going to see people but who, who says that, like, say, John doesn't like doing bathrooms and Matt does. So Matt says, hey, I'll, I'll trade off a bathroom for a deck. Yeah. Mm. I got but a deck over here. You won't know that unless you start a conversation. That's yeah. what we got to yep. start doing. That's why we're here. So I yeah. think that social media, that's the one good thing that it's yep. done, is yep. that it's opened up opportunity for kids who are probably too nervous to approach somebody because they're thinking that, like, I got, a, it was very flat. I, I would get a lot of, holy shit, I'm speaking to Manny from Hardcore Reynolds. And I was like, yeah, I'm just a guy that's like, yeah, bye. 
yeah. <laughs> like I just, that's pretty they, cool though they have yeah but they think that you know like i shouldn't be speaking with you at this point i should be speaking to somebody that's below you and i was like no man i'm just like you it's like we go through all the same that's because you're a good guy though yeah, yeah right. you're just offering the shit so that's yeah. all it is right but i mean that's what we this will help that so oh, that yeah. they can approach more people yeah but i definitely encourage them to try that out so at least that you guys can get more of a, a, a gr- that's how you get more and more people into the industry, right? Mm-hmm. That's true. Are you guys ever reevaluating your business or should you be reevaluating your business more often than what you were doing it right now? Cause I know you're evaluating your businesses, but should you be doing it more frequently? As much as you want, really, I don't feel there's a limit to that. I think yeah. obviously you could do it too much. I don't maybe think it's a, a weekly thing, but um, something that we're going to be starting it now is just evaluating certain jobs. I mean, it might be to a point where we could evaluate every job. It's uh, a good point. Yeah, you know, you're right. Mm-hmm. I, sh- I should have said evaluate the job, not the business. Yeah. Well, it goes both ways because I mean, how you how you work or treat a job is, I think, you know, mirrored of, of how you're working or treating your business. Yeah. Um, you know, and something we're going to do is just kind of pick apart a job. We've yep. never really done it before. I think it's we'll, a good idea. Mm. We'll voice, you know, to each other, you know, my guys and I like, oh yeah, that didn't go well, but Why? what did we do to come up with a solution so it doesn't repeat? Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to start doing is, you know, looking at, you know, the shows that yeah. we're a part of, um, you know, again, we, we enjoy it. They're hectic. They're crazy. Um, but, you know, there's there's a lot of good with it, and we want to use those right now to kind of diagnose what can we do better, you know, like what went well, mm-hmm. what didn't go so well, and what can we do better? Um, and we want to try to apply that to, you know, every job. You know, and again, you're not going to hit the mark every time, mm-hmm. but True. if you can, you know, get you know, 20 30% better than you were yesterday, yeah. and then, you know, and in six months to a year, you know, do the same thing and you're, you know, 10%, like it will, you'll grow in yeah. a very positive It'll be a snowball effect. Yeah. yeah. Pay for it's itself. when you don't, it's, it's, it's much like these discussions here. We're only going to change if we discuss, if we yeah. interact yeah. internally as, as well with the company. If you don't discuss and interact with, with everybody that you're working with, you're not going to change. You're just going to be is, um Is the whole crew a, vol- a part of it or? Uh, it's, I mean, so truth, we haven't done it yet. This has only been a conversation for the past, you know. No, but the first one that you did, was it the whole crew? That's what I mean. We haven't done it yet. This is the thing. This is, this is something new that we're going to do to try to change how we do things. So it won't be everybody, uh, to, to begin with, because I think it's just too many voices and Mm. not that all of the guys don't have good thoughts or ideas, but we just want to you know, try with kind of the, the main, the main guys, the lead you know, guys, the lead hands. Yeah. yeah. Um, we do first that yep. and then, and then go from there. Cause I do think that everybody has a voice, even the, the newest guy in the room can still have an idea of course. or a thought that might be life changing to the way you do something. Yeah. Um, so you can't discount that. Very true. You guys looking at retirement yet? Yeah. Every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how, how old are you? How old are you? <laughs> Every day. Oh yeah. Thinking about your exit plan. Yeah. Are you GTFO? Really? That's kind of why I went into GCing too. Like with architecture, like the creative aspect can't be taught. Yeah, I mean, they can be taught in a sense, but they're hiring my name now as an architect. True. So there is no succession plan there to take over. Like once I'm done, it's it's done. I could sell the client base, but usually 
second projects don't usually happen. Mm -hmm. It's kind of sad to me. Like I, I don't, I, I remember, I think I maybe shared it once on the show before where I went to one of Jim's round tables way, way back, right? Back in the day. And there was a gentleman that stood up. He was probably in his sixties or seventies. And uh, he was talking about when he's done, his brand's done. Mm -hmm. His son wasn't interested in taking over the business. He didn't have a family member that was interested in taking over the business. Mm -hmm. So he was just saying, how can you sit there? And he was talking to the panel and they were saying that you should be building your brand a certain way. You should be building it to the point where someone might overtake it or buy it off or whatever. Yeah. And he was having a hard time. I think he was an old school European guy, um, Eastern European. And he was having a hard time trying to understand how he can build something to a point where he was just like a one man shop at his small team, mm -hmm. but once he's physically done working, that brand is done. And that's, I think, the majority of construction, no? Or we it get is. this new generation coming in thinking... Well, if you can't find somewhere. somebody like-minded to carry on the business, some people don't want that to happen because yeah. the business is a crash. It'll tarnish your name. So that's one thing to look at, right? True. But you're so, on a boat now. So who cares? Yeah. <laughs> but but that, that's your baby, though. It's still your baby, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, I, I don't want to... to if you it's know, your name associated with it, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, if you're selling the business off with the the clientele yeah. and then all of a sudden like the clientele will still have your info yeah. they're going to reach out to you if something's happening and you don't have any control you have nothing to do with the business at that point yeah so you, you you know it's it's one it's of those just things kind of sad because it seems that a lot of people that i meet through the industry they spend a good chunk of time building their brand oh yeah mm -hmm. and they probably perfect it towards the last 10 years of that brand building and just for it to stop mm-hmm it depends on the brand too. Like hardcore Renault is a good brand. Yeah, but right? that brand is being shifted over to TCL now, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's like if someone wants to take this, then go but ahead. It's interchangeable and take it. without you. Like yeah, McNeil Construction, Justin Shearer Design Studio. We're kind of just screwed ourselves there. Yeah, <laughs> we went. We went with our own names. Yeah, well, I, I just had McNeil Electric here. Lee Lee McNeil spelt the same way. Same deal, right? I mean, you buy the business. Yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> Give it to you a really good price. Uh, it's could you build a brand around your own name that somebody would want to take over? Absolutely, you can. And then, yeah, you know, it's it's very difficult that your client base still might feel obligated to reach out to you if things don't go well. But you're not fine. But you're, you're not tied to, to that though. point. And you could be. Maybe you stay on as a consultant to help tra that transition. Maybe it's a mm -hmm. three to five year plan upon the purchase of the, the company at that point, and the clientele you know get used to the idea that you're phasing out. Um, what would the value be? Like, how do you value the sales. many decades of work that you put together? Yeah, I mean, maybe the sales, like numbers. Mm -hmm. It could be sales structure. It could just be a, a flat rate fee. Maybe it's you know. Maybe the company was purchased for X and you're going to get paid Y every year for the next three to five years. And, you know, you're maybe there's a certain expectation of what you're going to work a week as a consultant. But, you know, that's how you structure it. So it's all up to you and, and the person buying the business at that time. Or maybe yep. you sell it. And to Justin's point, you're on a boat. <laughs> and guess what? You probably don't have the same email. You probably don't have the same <laughs> phone number. And social media is, you know, different. Like, yeah, you know, and it's unfortunate because then, yeah, if, if your branding goes downhill, if your company goes downhill, but if you care, still, you're still in the game. You're not retiring. Exactly. Yeah, that's you're not a out. good point too. So you know, if you're have retiring, you, you're out. John, have you thought about it? Or I think I've, I'm still thinking about how 
I'm so blessed to be able to be doing this and for it to be, you know, paving a way for, for my growing family and my own lifestyle right now. Like, I, I'm not rich by any means, but, like, I'm rich in experience and, and uh, relationships, friendships. I get to work with a friend of mine. You know, I, I get to see young people come up in the trades and send them on their way, use, even use my company or my brand as a springboard. Those things are extremely satisfying to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I, we think about exit plan all the time, but it, it usually doesn't have anything to do with continuing to do the work. You know, it, it, my exit strategy usually involves what am I going to do when I can't physically swing the hammer anymore, right? Yeah. It, it has to do with, okay, how can I pivot this and use my experience, use my knowledge that I've gained and use it in an industry where I don't have to be swinging a hammer, right? So I've thought about like, you know, we have, um, you know, family properties, maybe property management, um, maybe taking care of like, you know, rentals, you know, maybe doing a collective and building a cottage and renting it out on Airbnb. You know, there are a lot of skills that we have that can be leveraged mm-hmm. into, a, into an exit plan that doesn't involve us actually physically doing the at this point in time, I still derive a lot of enjoyment and pleasure being on site and doing the work 50% of the time. Like mm-hmm. the other 50%, it, I, have to in, I have to entrust to employees. And that's another part of the, the, the community. The, you know, but that's part, part of your of business. The, it's part of your brand. Exactly. Right? exactly. I mean, do you, John, you're still in tools? No. Yeah. <laughs> yes and no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yes and no. I mean, not as much as I ever once was. It's tough now. Like I'm more of the estimation process. Um, we got a PM as of two months ago. That's a first for me. So you know, now I'm trying to relinquish duties and tasks to somebody that you know I used to take care of, which is difficult at times. Obviously, you know, you want to kind of you know have your hand on things, mm-hmm. but you have to become comfortable and entrust those around you mm-hmm. um, to do those things. And I mean, again, I'm very fortunate for the people that I have, uh, you know, uh, kind of, I hate saying acquired, but, you know, met and or, you know, have partnered up over the years uh, that a lot of, you know, like-mindedness, again, it's, you know, people that have the same vision, the same idea um, and, you know, have your interests at heart. You know, you got to have that. Um, I think the best thing that any GC can do is get off the tools. Yeah. Like just hold the trigger. I I know you say it's hard, right? But it's just like what I see success or I see a brand being grown other than the initial start, I'm going to go on my own and I start building my business. The next big step is get off the tools. Mm -hmm. You have to. You know, my, my goal, hopefully, you know, to keep the company moving in a positive direction, we're going to be up to 12 people next week. Um, is it reflective of the sales coming in, though? It is. I mean, it's. Uh, I, I feel it's inevitable. I mean, if you grow, you add infrastructure, vehicles, you know, employees, that money has to be coming in to pay for it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it becomes a bit of a vicious cycle mm-hmm. because then you're going to ultimately find more work. You'll get inundated with too much work and you add more people and you add more work, more people, and it just grows. Um, you know, my, my goal is... One day I just have a little office in the back of the 
the shop and you know every christmas they pull me out and dust me off to, to give a speech yeah right yeah. you know give a little speech uh you know once a year and then they wheel me back and uh, you know, me there. put you back yeah in the cabinet but so matt why don't you want it like you gotta listen i'm just gonna say this there's better people that can do probably better work than you on the tools like you just have to find them right true that's all it is like i always thought in the beginning no, I'm the best tile guy. No, I'm the best trim. No fucking way I am, right? There's other people that are far better that you can get on For the tools, sure. right? Absolutely. So you can run the business and then, you know, prove that pencil True. that way, right? But you have to tell yourself, get off the tools. Slowly leaning that direction. Slowly. <laughs> Ten more years. <laughs> 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 yeah, contractor clock. To. <laughs> right? I want to ask you guys I a do question realize it, though. about um, if you don't get money from a client... Who's the first person that pops into your head? The client. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm just thinking of like if you don't get that money, you're being told I don't the have lawyer. that money, huh? Mm. The lawyer. Who's the first person? That, I'm I'm just trying to think of like family people, and people that are building a network of circle of friends that you're like you guys are responsible for people's livelihoods, right? So mm. money's not coming. That's, that's in. a big fear for me too. So I'm just trying to think of who who would it really be that first person that you're you're thinking of. <clears throat> You know, I mean, fortunately, I've, or unfortunately, I've been burned you know, a few times, but it's been incremental amounts. You know, yeah. nothing that's going to tank us, um, you know, and, and, you know, leave me with my tail running, you know, be between my legs and, mm-hmm. and you know, not continuing. Um, so I guess I, it's it's tough. Yeah, I mean, you think of the guys. Think of the, you know, their, their families. I don't have kids, um, you know, but I mean, I still have a livelihood. But I look at, you know, the... The guys, you know, even subtrades, even right. Yeah. Everybody involved on in that project as somebody that asks to get paid regardless. Yeah. You know, and that's the the weight that we bear as a GC. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, and it's it's our role, obviously, to mitigate you know those those issues. But, um. Yeah. Again, I'm just thankful that it's been you know let's say sub ten grand to where Justin's you know coming with a lawyer. It's not worth it. No, no, I've spoken to really, lawyers. Yeah. Spend and more money trying yeah. to chase. Yeah, it's not. Worth I'll it. continue saying it, even though I just posted a show recently with a lawyer, and I have another lawyer show coming up soon. Just cut ties, right? Just walk away. I'm just saying it's just uh, how much do you value your time? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we don't mental, know how much time we state. have left on this planet, mm-hmm. and you just have to look at how much do you value. And the unfortunate thing is that clients. I know Justin's got something to say, but that was just a joke. I was just going to say that. Um, I look at it like they know this too. They just know it. Yeah. They just know it that a smart GC will not fight this. Mm. An egotistical young GC yeah. is going to say, yeah, we're going to fight this. Yeah, true. And I'm telling you, the smart GC is going to end up better in the end. Yep, just walk away. It's the unfortunate yeah. thing. It's gonna cost it it comes down to, I find, I've been lucky that, knock on wood, I haven't had any bad instances like that. But I try and structure things so that doesn't happen. So the milestone payment plan with the clients and the, the middle payment and the first payment are usually the biggest ones. And whether it's a three or four payment milestone or five payment milestone, the last payment is very minor, incremental. I can afford to lose that. But it's, it's a statement that you should not even be telling yourself. But you have to be prepared. You ha- it happens, right? It happens. I know. You hear it all the time. So if you're not prepared, if you're not setting yourself up, to weather that storm, it could really be damaging. 
You guys are, yeah, the same, right? What are you yeah. going to say, Justin? It's no. just going to be a, at that point, I would think that the client needs that money more than me. So it's something I'm not going to try to fight. I don't know if they need it. Yeah, yeah but they're in a bad spot, maybe. Maybe they're just <laughs> dicks. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Selfish. Sometimes you get that, too. Yeah. Some guys are just dicks. They're like, like, oh, why can't we just go back to the old days that clients thought that we could actually put you in concrete somewhere oh, on yeah. some job site. <laughs> yeah. right? That could actually swimming with the cement boots. Right? But the good idea, like to your point, is the trust, the yeah. third party. Building that, that right off of that. There was a program that started and then it got dissolved. Yeah, I heard something about that. It didn't take off, did it? Which is a shame, but mm. I just think that anything that sides with the trade is not supported as much as it sides with the clients. Very true. The clients are the victims, the trades are the Villains. Always. It's not always the case. Uh, from the amount of contractors that I've spoken to, uh, you guys ain't the bad guys, man. That's how I look at it. Mm-hmm. Again, there's, there's been bad wherever you look. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. There's, there's contractors out there that gave contractors a bad name. There's mm-hmm. contractors out yep. there that continue to give contractors a bad name. And we finally have platforms, social media, know podcasts conversations guys willing to at least interact at suppliers and chat to where we can actually discuss the bad clients now mm-hmm. and you know issues that we've had you know through our career mm-hmm. where before you didn't have those platforms you know it was yeah. it was you know, again like it was taught to guys don't talk to the competition you know don't have those conversations yeah they're the bad guy mm-hmm. you know they're taking the work away from you where there's it's... a lot of work out there or the people willing to do it. Yep. Um, you just, you know, conversations need to be had. Yep. I was joking before. I don't, it wasn't with you guys. I think it was with the last group just before we got in here to start recording. I was just joking about how I think clients should do what Jordan Peterson is being asked to do through the college that he has to do social media reassessment schooling. And I said, well, whenever there's friction on a job, that clients need to have a construction reassessment school <laughs> you just pump the brakes you shut it down you go listen you're taking a time out go over there <laughs> and you're going to get reassessed on how construction really works yep. we're not going to tell you how it's done someone else is going to tell you how it's done and then you come back and you're all happy and we get back on track it should yep. be a test they'll f- uh. <laughs> they fail they go back and they do it again <laughs> they keep on doing it over and over and over right <laughs> I want to ask you guys, we're getting close to the end, but not quite there just yet. I just, are, are you guys thinking of in this digital age, creative ways to market yourself to kind of set yourself apart from competition? Or is it strictly, are we still hanging on? I hear it all the time. Word of mouth, word of mouth, word of mouth, right? My business is all word of mouth. Okay. And I just try and showcase my work on social media. Whether or not I'm going to take the next step and use that to better the brand and maybe I hire a photographer or another guy who can put some fancy videos together. But is that really going to make the difference? You still see the step-by-step progress. You still see the finished product just to make the video I, fancy. I still think is that, that going to brand should be spending a certain amount of money that you're bringing into the company as a profit. There should be a, an amount. It doesn't matter. You figure out what that amount the is percentage amount. To, to, to just get your messaging out there. I think you should be, I don't think you should continuously just rely on word of mouth. I think that there's That's why we come here. Yeah, yeah. This, this helps, but there's also <laughs> other things that you can do too. I don't know what are sure. as, as maybe cheesy as it is, lawn signs or whatever. I don't know. Like there's if there's something out there that you guys are thinking about what to do and how to do it. An approach that we we take since obviously we do document and have an active portfolio of our work, and which we 
sometimes update Instagram with. But um, one thing we've been doing is just really investing into our relationships, like like uh, designers. So if you find a designer um, that you work really well with, they're extremely good at what they do, you guys can help each other out. It's same thing with, with uh, construction um, like colleagues. You know, mm-hmm. you you air toward you you you're geared towards your specialty, right? So for us, we refer work to any number of designers who we've worked with in the past years that we had successful projects with, and they do the same thing with us. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. our pool isn't. We are also primarily a referral based uh, company because we can't handle. I I don't I don't you know how like there, there's a lot of like KPIs online that say oh, you know, you pay this amount of money and we get you this amount of sales. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never bought into that because I'm just like, I don't have the energy or the time to follow up with just <coughs> the cold call. Yeah, yeah the, 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 you know, the cold caller who's just like, I'm just looking for a contractor. I actually want a background mm-hmm. with you. I want, how do you, how do you find us? How do you know about us, right? That's important to me, right? Like, did I do work for your neighbor? Did I, is, is your... Aunt? Like, did I build that house for your aunt? Like, that's how I want to. I want to know how this work is coming into our funnel. So, I haven't really spent that much in terms of advertising. It's more our day to day relationships. So, my tile setter will send me, a, hey, I have a guy who needs a deck, mm-hmm. or, or or my painter will be like, hey, like this guy needs a gut, you know, and and that's how, that's how the the, the job. The job's networking. Coming. There was a funny thing that happened way back in the early days of the show where I had Mike Mole from Social Media House. I think he's changed his company name now. He, when we were talking about social media, it was when I was doing uh, a few shows at the Building Expo. Um, and um, he said something interesting. He was like going, if you wanted to try to get your message to clients, find out what social media platform they're using. Mm. Right? And it, it did twofold, which I thought was interesting. It, it allowed you to go to their, so you're maybe you're vetting the client. You're trying to get this mm-hmm. job from this client. You go to their social media platform of choice and you discover their likes and dislikes based on their Facebook page or whatever, Pinterest, all this other shit. So now you're getting a better understanding of who the client is. Mm-hmm. Second, it gave you an opportunity to possibly buy an ad on that platform. So when they're going through their feed, because you get an understanding of how much time they spend on social media, because our clients do spend time on there, mm-hmm. your ad will come up. And when they're having a conversation with their significant other, we need to renovate. And all of a sudden, oh, Neil is coming up. Yeah. Justin's coming up. I've looked into that. And I was like going, it's actually, it, there's a little bit of homework involved because mm-hmm. he was really critical about how, first of all, saying that Google AdWords is like teaching a six-year-old like these dangerous gun skills or something like that it was just like it was you have to be very particular with the words that you yep. use and how you lay out the words but if you want refresh that show and listen to it because mike has some really good insight on that but it made sense to me mm-hmm. that it, you you're weeding out a bunch of just throwing it out there you're you've got a client that's in a certain neighborhood and you know that they're on this platform and you get that you find out who they are and you get a better understanding of what they like and their dislikes and you could also hint at that when you're communicating with them so if they just announce oh you know my son daughter whatever just with on the championship hockey or whatever, right? You could probably just drop that in an email and say, how is the championship? Mm-hmm. Like shit like that. And then it starts to, it's that whole Rockefeller, as much as I dislike that thing, but it's that whole Rockefeller mentality that whenever they shook hands, it was never a conversation about let's do business. It was, how's your son doing? It's hitting them on a more personal level. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying is that that's going to almost guarantee you work. Ah. Social media was huge for my business. Yeah. Completely changed it. 
Oh, just posting to Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. I'd almost guarantee a job. But how did you present yourself? Uh, with the posts? Yeah. Um, it was just literally of the houses, so it wasn't like a personality behind it. It was literally just the design. So it was design and layout. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Just the design. But the reach was so far that I've been flown to Louisiana to do a house and flown to BC to do a house. It's pretty hmm. crazy how that changed. A little posh life. in the corner there, huh? <laughs> 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 no, but <laughs> that's exclusive <laughs> to social media. <laughs> I'm over here. Yeah. yeah, we wanted to divide this now. <laughs> no, but that's all things. But that's, good, that's what media. I listen, man. This show's listened to in so many other countries, and I'm like, Oh, cool. I love That's it. It's cool. amazing, right? So maybe one day you'll be talking to them, like, in their back. Manny will get a referral fee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get, pick up a shovel, Manny. I was like, what? No, I'm not here to build. But, I mean, there's ways to be creatively thinking about how to get your message out there other than just a typical lawn sign. And just, I don't think you can just rely on referrals as much, especially in the leaner years. And I go back to Jim mm-hmm. Carrick where, how did you survive, right? I think they had to think creatively to get their messaging still out there because I think you wanted to find out who still had money during those recession years because people still wanted to build. They still yeah. had money, but they were I was the busiest critical. I've ever been during the pandemic. Really? Yep. But everybody was like that. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I mean, though. Like, it was, it was lucrative. Yeah, but now you got clients that are being really, really careful about every penny that's being spent. Yeah, true. So they want to hire almost the best ultimate <clears throat> contractor, right? Mm-hmm. Is that you or is that somebody else or what's the story? But they're, they're, ta- they're spending more time making their assessment, right? Yep. To all those who work hard every day, let us show you how much we appreciate you. It's Customer Appreciation Week at Work and Wear with the biggest deals on the biggest brands, including safety footwear from $69.95. Pick up some work pants and get 50% off the second pair. Plus, enter to win a Napoleon barbecue, a Milwaukee radio, or a $500 gift card. Customer Appreciation Week, September 20th to 25th at all three Work and Wear locations, Scarborough, Markham, and Whitby. So I just want two cents. That's all it was. But I, uh, I, I uh, you know, the saying like, don't do work for, you know, family and friends. I, 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 I completely, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I completely disagree with that. Like I, the, the foundation of our work is family, friends and neighbors. And, you know, my whole street is, is work that's been done by us. And, mm-hmm. you know, so all my neighbors are just like, you need a carpenter. This guy, he lives at 173, you know, like it's yeah. just, it just comes mm-hmm. like that. It's just natural, organic networking. Like it, it, it doesn't come down to a sale for me. It's I find that's like, the best way to network yeah. that organic yeah. because then those are all like-minded people. All those clients right. are like-minded. Exactly. And then so they you might know have what a certain to expect as soon that as clientele they see, level. Hey, I want this porch or patio design that you did for so-and-so. Mm-hmm. They know exactly what they're getting. And they know what the other, they know what their friends or family paid for it too. So they're already expecting to pay a certain amount close to that, right? You could have charged more (laughs) social media. Very true. Named your price. (laughs) So just what are clients asking for these days? Is it always like that stupid massive kitchen with that stupid massive front entryway? (laughs) Like I was just in a house right recently. Yeah, two islands and 15 sinks. Like I was in a house in Milton, 8,000 square foot. That's it? The front entryway leading yeah. into the kitchen was bigger than a four-car garage. Oh, and yeah. It had a bridge from one side to the other side. And so you walk on this bridge that had to have been about eight feet wide and it probably spanning 20 feet or so. And 
And I said, well, what's that for? Is that where like the elephant fountain's going to go? <laughs> like, I don't understand that. It just didn't, it felt very cold and not inviting. It didn't yeah. feel like a home to me. And this was still framed. I would say I'm in a different category because I'm with like-minded people who want design over square footage. Function. But there are those clients that just want a big house. What's the point of that? Money. They look awesome. They like to show it's a flex, off. right? Yeah. Big and there's big egos. I walk to the back windows and it's just all massive windows in the back yep. and then there's four floor registers in every <laughs> yeah, area. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. yeah. <laughs> I know. And there's like one furnace upstairs and maybe one furnace in the basement. I was going, it's not going to be enough. You need four in here. That's that why, like, for instance, people will ask me, what's the best investment in a house? And I would say finishes. Like, don't go for the ICF because no one's going to care. I mean, there's going to be people like us that care. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. But the homeowner <laughs> yeah. that comes They don't they can't justify the heating. <laughs> yes, exactly. Gains? They don't care. Wow. It's, it's design. That's wow. it. Mm-hmm. Finishes. So spend your money there. Wow. Wow. So they just care about the finishing. Don't 100%. say that on this show. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but they don't. But well, we got to educate No, no, them. I, don't, I yeah. don't doubt it. Yeah. Like, I, I believe it, right? Because they don't give a shit about, as much as we care about the behind the scenes... They don't really truly care about those. There's 10%. I think a, a it's unfortunate. Great, a great way to, you know, get clients to think outside the box is just travel. Travel. Mm-hmm. Go oh, to different 100%. countries. Go to different countries. Go to Hong Kong. Go to Japan. I've said see, it over and over. See, you, you want to design a kitchen? This, go out to your favorite restaurant. This room here is two bedrooms. You know, go like, out to your favorite restaurants yeah. and look at how their kitchen is built. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. And windows. And travel. Space. And like, like the, one of the best kitchens I've ever saw was in Kyoto. And I walked in there and I was like, this is so functional, so small, smaller than this room. And it was like a beautiful kitchen layout. Right. And I was like, this is, this makes sense. It was just mental note, met, note, take a picture, take a picture. Yeah. That's just how it is. Like I saw some beautiful bars that had these amazing kitchen layouts in Ireland. I was like, yeah, you're, you're hundred percent. You travel. That's the unfortunate thing is we need enough Canadians traveling to get rid of shaker. Yeah. Like completely, man. Yeah, we gotta get <laughs> get away from yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's just just more intentional, really, really smart ways to build and make use of our space. Like when after traveling like in Northern Europe and coming back, I was just like, my house is humongous, mm-hmm. you know, in Midtown Toronto. But but they use the space really yep. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like, are you gonna flaunt your wealth and being like, hey, this is eight thousand square feet, or you can have hidden wealth. You know, it's built into your home and it's functional, form and function. Both of them have to be there. You're talking like money in the walls? Exactly. It's like a little drug cartel thing going on. Uh, kids of today, are they better than us on health and safety? I or think they might be more aware of it. <laughs> John's got like... Yeah. Yeah. There you go, John. Are they, do they think that AirBuds are like safety headsets? Is that... <laughs> That's the hard hat. Yeah. <laughs> I don't no, I mean, I think we're all at fault some days for not you know, <laughs> putting safety first. But, um, you know, case in point to the two young guys that I pulled out of that uh, college program, you know, sweatpants and no. you know, un- untied shoe, like boots, uh, having to be reminded to wear gloves when handling certain materials or safety glass when making certain cuts. Uh, and again, we're all guilty, guaranteed yep. of... Yep. of well, we're trying to educate them. You yep. know, um, unfortunately, to, you know, to, to them, I, I don't think they had enough practical. They just had, you know, more theory, yeah, right? I so I, maybe it's different. Maybe, you know, I mean, maybe there's more safety being drilled in. Our mentality is if it's not oxygen, you shouldn't probably be breathing it in. You know, we buy the proper PPE, Um 
most of the guys wear it, but sometimes there is that ah, it's in the truck. Yep. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's one truck is in another it's, city. It's really yeah, you know, yeah, it's there's there's it's just one cut. You know, it's one cut today. And that's all it's it one takes, cut right? Tomorrow, <laughs> you know, that you're breathing that in or say, you know, something, you know, it's one cut. Well, that one it only takes one cut to get something lodged in your eye. Yep. Um it's 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 a communal effort. We all have to talk about it. We you're all have to press be it. conscious of it as well. Yeah, and you're going to be the bad guy some days when you're like, put that mask on because it's too yeah. hot or... You'll thank you know. me later. Yeah. Damn, I sound like I think, I think someone ones, should design... Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. old. Yeah, yeah. they it's should it. design a respirator that actually has a dust in it. So as you breathe it, you breathe it in dust so then they can get an idea of how it is. <laughs> <laughs> put on earmuffs ear that have a ringing sound in it. Yeah. So yeah. you're constantly hearing this ringing sound. Like, just keep on reminding them, in 20 years, if you do not pay attention to that just one cut situation, this is what you're going to be dealing with for the rest of your days. Mm-hmm. Maybe that'll educate them. I don't know, but... You just gave somebody a whole bunch of product ideas. Uh, this happens on the show all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like... Uh, I'm just... <laughs> I, I, anything... I'm trying to think of anything positive about clients. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I get, they have all the money. That's just, it's just, and I know that I, I got a lot of flack on a post I shared where it's like, they're the least experienced of the people that are involved in the process, but they have all to say. Yeah. But sometimes have you do have some great experiences. Oh yeah. Like For we've been building. There's 99 great ones and then maybe one. We've been, we've been doing like a garage or something and the guy goes out fishing and comes back and look, oh, I caught a bunch of fish. We always want some fish for lunch. We're like. Really? And we then all, at the end of the day, those early days of construction, man, the job, <laughs> you know, yeah. perfect. there are a few good clients like that where they <laughs> yeah. offer you Things lunch, are, beverages hey, all the time, just being it. nice, overly yeah. nice, which is a nice change to the norm. Yeah. Normally people just, you know, they don't want you to be seen or heard. Just go get it done. Don't bother me. Don't make so much noise. Can you but do, do you guys have a line drawn when it's like too friendly? I always get a little cautious. Well, you get weary, right? Being mm-hmm. too friendly, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's more my problem. Is that? I overstep. Yeah, I'm too nice to people. I get trampled. And then they take advantage of it. Oh, 100%. Well, I, I say that if you're the nice guy, then you're going to get taken advantage of it. If you're mm-hmm. the asshole, then you won't take it. Like these guys finish last. Yeah. Like revisions on projects. Like I don't even bill anymore. Like, well, you are a GC, John. It's like you are finishing last, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I always like it's, I think you have to separate it. It's still a business. You're still making oh, yeah. money as much as we want to be people pleasing. It's we're in this to make money, yes. Yeah, right. Still, you have to make your profit, right? True. But I think that's a constant reminder where you keep on joking. Maybe it's not a joke, but you just keep on telling them that this is how it really is, right? Mm-hmm. No change order hasn't been paid. Then you keep on. Listen, man, I'm going to have a four day weekend if the check doesn't come, right? Yep. And just keep on. Maybe, maybe make it a comedy routine out of it, right? So that they could just. I don't know. Stand up <laughs> construction. I don't know. Like, it's just so they, like, no, you got to fucking pay me. Like, it's just, uh, it has to But happen. on a serious note, it's really, you got to yeah, pay, you me. Gotta pay yeah. me. Seriously, right? <laughs> no, we I have clients all the time asking when the next, they're just like, can we give you the next check? Like, mm-hmm. we're wow. seeing the progress on the job. It seems like it's reaching the milestone. Can we pay you the next check? I, we don't, we rarely have issues. That's good. With the last, with the last payment. Yeah. Rarely. Very, very rarely. But you attribute that strictly for communication because you guys have kept everything as transparent as possible, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and also rarely have we had clients just saying, "Oh, you haven't reached this milestone yet, and I'm going to give you the check anyway." So that so it's it there there it's part and parcel with the 
the project progression, right? So you, you have to make sure that they know your milestone payments are attributable to the trades that you yeah. that you need to pay. Exactly. Right. So it, it, if you're not paying that, the work's not going to continue. Right? How's your relationship, Justin, with, I guess, twofold with inspectors? Because do they know that you're coming from the architect side and, and yeah, oh, phenomenal! It's okay. almost yeah, so they get paved it. the way, so okay. they already know me before I even have a job on the job site. So yeah, I've I've sat depending on the city, right? Like if yeah. I have a new city that I'm working in, obviously I don't know the inspectors there, but for the most part, they're referring me work even even though they're not supposed to. But. Is it like they look at you and you got like two stars on your... Pretty much. They look at John and he's like, you got one star. Yeah. <laughs> I think they know I'm not going to try to evade any building code or anything like that, right? Just because I have to abide by my drawings that I created too. Yeah. Right? So, any, yeah. Any crazy inspector stories? Anything stupid? I'm oh, just... Yeah. I'm just <laughs> you got it, I always like listen inspector on site is like an education on site it's just like you're here might as well just pick your brain man that's all I don't know so we had know. one inspector that was um, he's ready to retire so he really didn't care too much and he had a protege with him <laughs> yeah but we, he made two um, two visits the first visit um, the drawings weren't big enough for him yeah yeah it, he wanted he he wanted full full yeah. size site plans that yeah, come in the cardboard too yeah, with the white cap, yeah, which plastered all over somebody's dashboard, I like know. a really big one. So we went out and got that. Then he came back, didn't even look at it. He had his protege looking at it, who had no clue what he was looking at because I could tell the Mazda. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. And then he would he would go to him and say, you know, like look at this and then look at that, just to try and you know guide yeah, him. But other than that, like we did. Um, uh, an I-beam, so load-bearing wall removal with an I-beam flush mount in the ceiling. Uh-huh. And we had to carry the load through a post down to the I-beam in the basement. They didn't even go down and check it out. They didn't even look. I could have had that floating in midair. Why do you think that they don't check? Maybe he just thought it was great work and he trusted me on I seeing what see he saw. I think a few things throughout walking through, and then they're going to assume the rest is The rest is in I think it is. If they yeah, see some good work, it, yeah. they just... And if yeah, you're not willing to good. hide it and you're just not being a dick and you're being respectful. It surprised me, though. It really did surprise me that it just seemed like, you know, go through all this, you know, get the permit and, and jump through all this red tape and we're, you know, crossing our T's and dotting our I's. And he was there for like 10 minutes. Yeah. I think it's like, Justin, I think that they, I've never had a problem with an inspector. Like I've never, but I've also been an open book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't hide shit, and I'm like, okay, sure, great, come on in, yeah, come on down, like you're yeah. the next contestant. Then take a look at it, all the shit, uh, and they're they're very like minutes, yeah, mm-hmm. and then they're off to the next job. I right? think usually yeah. if they ask you a few questions pertaining yes. to the drawing, if yeah. you answer correctly, they know you know how to read the drawing. Mm-hmm. You've I, gone up. I and just I just want I just want the inspectors <laughs> to be somebody that is respectful and reasonable. So if there is a deficiency, let me know and give me an opportunity to rectify the deficiency and have the permit open until I close it. But let me show you photos of it or whatever. Like, don't make me go through, like, the entire process of rebooking it, having meeting you back on site. Like, just 99% of the inspectors that we've dealt with are fantastic. And that's props to, you know, the, 
the city of Toronto. But that's but, on but, you too, right? Because yeah. you're creating that environment for right, them to Right, enter, but right. But I have had inspectors who come in and they start inspecting parts of the project that aren't even within scope and then just saying, you need a backflow preventer or, you know, you need X, Y, and Z on this. And we're just like, we didn't touch any of that. And they were just like, we're not closing the permit until you do this. So it turns into a change order, pushes the wow. whole project back. Hmm. You know, and yeah, I, I retract my statement. I had one dickhead. One, one I remember Mazda. you talking about yeah, that last Mazda show. Mazda he was a young guy, right? The young guys try to prove themselves. Yep. And I and I contested him. And you I fought took, with the city And I took it. it to a super. And then it was a bunch of emails back and forth. And the client was a part of it, the whole thing. And, and he's like, man, I'm, like, I'm not getting anywhere with it. The job was done. And I'm not getting anywhere. Can you take care of this? And I was like, sure, I'll take care of it. And then I got his boss involved. And he didn't like that. And ultimately, I was right and he was wrong. And I had oh. to get a consultant to speak to me. Wow. To, to explain to me, quote this code in the OBC, and that'll shut him up. Yep. And that's exactly what I did. And then they said, okay, yeah, you're right. We're signing off on the permit. It's all done. We're closing. I'm like, so why did Mazda there have to fucking do this? <laughs> right? He didn't have to do this shit. Nope. Yeah. He was such a dick walking around going, well, that's Just not flexing, correct. flexing, flexing. I'm like, dude, man, yeah. enough of this crap, man. Yeah. And you know what we're talking about? It was a window well that was drawn, and it was... 36 inches from the footing. Oh, so frost covered? Yes. Oh, I remember you talking to him. <clears throat> so then the consultant was the one that identified, he's saying, you realize that that number is at the bottom of the footing, not the top of the footing. Mm -hmm. So you're clear. You got the 48. But Protégé was saying that it's from the top. And then he and he pulled out the code the code number on it. And he goes, send it to yeah. him. It's from the bottom of the footing, not the top. So we were in with by one inch. We were in. But I'm like, don't don't do that. Like it's yeah. just like you're pissing somebody off for no reason. Mm -hmm. And I was more than willing to like communicate with you, talk to you yeah. about this shit. Especially if it was approved on the drawings initially. Uh, inspector taught me real quick. It's not approved drawings. They're <laughs> issued. Well, I've had Ooh. inspectors saying, why didn't you bring us in for? foundation inspection on a helical pile installation no they were on that particular job because it was structural members so there was lvls being because he was removing walls and right. stuff in the basement and then he wanted this huge window a uh, huge window it was like four feet wide almost five feet tall he wanted all this wow. light coming in right yeah and i was like okay sure we'll cut open i don't have a problem that's totally easy to do that we'll take care of it but then i i didn't realize it was so close to the footing and I didn't realize that you're basically creating a situation where you are conflicting with frost. Mm -hmm. But we weren't. We were, we were within by one inch. And I'm like, prove to me, because this is what the consultant said, prove to me on this length of wall by that compromise of that window well going down that you're one inch away from the frost line, that that's going to create a crack in that wall someplace. Mm -hmm. You can't prove that to me. No. So that's how I, he lost. So that, that wall was structurally sound even though we added this window well in there and even though we were one inch away from the frost section of it. Even though we added four inches of styrofoam on the bottom of that window well, right? And it was a three foot wide deep out and the depth of it down. And then still... For the rigid foam? No, the rigid foam was four inches below the window's bottom yeah. into the grade, but the depth of the window well was three feet by the four feet. Huge. So you just negated it, though, too, with the rigid foam. Like, yeah. right there is... So that's why it was like... Th that's why the consultant kept on saying, you're putting foam. <laughs> yeah. Like, the foam <laughs> is, like, what's doing it. Even at the bottom of a walkout yeah. with a concrete step, that foam at the bottom of it there, it's still... 
it still makes sense. So you yeah. cannot compromise the rest of the concrete wall from that point. So it's just like protege boy. He had to go away, right? (laughs) It was just, but you learn, right? Because I didn't know. Like, I did not know that. But then I spoke with Glenn, who was on the show and retired OBC Mm -hmm. guy. And uh, and then he said, listen, I'll talk to Mike. And I got a hold of Mike from an independent consulting, engineer consulting firm. I was like, you got to come on the show, dude. We got to talk more of this shit, right? So trying to get on the show. Networking. No, but that's what's good about it is, but where do these kids are supposed to get this education from? Because they would be nervous to contact somebody like that. You can't speak to the inspector about that because they won't tell you. Mm. And there's no way I'm going to read the OBC. (laughs) No way. It's a good napping thing. Like it's insane. As much as Trax is a good option where you can just type it in and do a search and you can get it. It's almost like ChatGPT now, which is pretty cool. You can get a lot more refined and get right to it faster. But it's still language that doesn't make any sense, right? What does that mean? Because builders didn't write it. Lawyers wrote it. It's interpretive, right? Yes. It's always fun. It's always fun. But I mean, I, I definitely would tell young trades that are getting in, don't pay attention to, you don't, you'll never know everything. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. But you can network with a bunch of people that exactly. have been through similar situations and then they'll give you their insight. Mm-hmm. And then you can use that insight as a, a discussion, not an argument, as a discussion. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to crack in that wall and I don't want that wall to collapse and I don't want any of that shit to happen. But don't tell me that I'm breaking code. I'm not mm. just because you're a young kid and trust me you didn't read that whole OBC either <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is it like there's it's not I'm not dismissing it because inspectors do listen to the show yeah. but there are a few tests that you got to write and then you all of a sudden become an inspector yeah. and I go back to you should really be boots on the ground yes yeah. I agree yeah. yeah even as a designer I had to get a stand and read the OBC yeah, yeah. did you read the whole thing uh, or you can't say that on their oath <laughs> 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 yes <laughs> yes, you read the whole thing, cover to cover. Yeah. Oh, we're being filmed. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to read your lips going, that's a yes. <laughs> no, I know. But you're going to learn. And that's the thing. Another inspector taught me this. He goes, this is, we can't submit or issue drawings that um, cater to every single type of structure that's being built. Mm-hmm. So it's like a general blanket at that point. But then when you're building something unique, then you have to apply that general blanket to those unique situations. And then you figure out what is, what should be done at that point. That's my extent of architecture and and, and inspection and stuff like that, right? So everybody's on the same page, even as architects with you. You you won't read the whole thing and you won't understand. You got to do it by doing. Doesn't it make more sense? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. What else you guys want to share? I think we cut, we covered quite a bit. Almost all the stuff that I sent you guys, the 15,000 pages of uh, notes mm. and stuff that I always have. But I think we, um, it was it's a great show, man. Oh. It was like lots of good stuff, man. I really appreciate your time and everything. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. Appreciate it. No, so I, I think we, if there's anything, because now you guys can ask each other as, amongst each other or whatever, like, and just if there's any questions or. Not so many questions, but. I appreciate the booze and the business cigars. card. Or yeah. Like their tag Making and connections. And yeah, we'll all link up. I might need your services. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You work in your work is digitally. Yeah, I can work wherever, but my stamp is just designated for Ontario. Uh, but in some areas like BC, I didn't need it. Structural engineer signed off. Louisiana, okay. you didn't need it. Which is I'm kind of confused why there's, I don't know if they're architects or they're drafts people yeah. on Fiverr. Oh yeah, that would be drafts people. Those are sure. drafts people, yeah. right? Yeah. But those drawings you can submit as a homeowner. As point. a homeowner, yes. Yeah. As a homeowner. So you could purchase plans, for instance, and then go in and 
Amazon. It just boggles my mind that you could purchase plans for like I know two hundred dollars <laughs> on Fiverr from some guy in hey. Bangladesh hey. building a home. I'm just saying. <laughs> I need a job. I'm just saying, but I, I'm just saying that there's a red flag. There's a yeah. red flag. Uh, in my yeah. That's pretty yeah. crazy. They don't understand codes. I mean, yes, that's where I'm going with it, yeah. right? I yeah. think that you think you're getting a cheaper product, yeah. but you're not getting you're a better not. product. I've fixed so many that I can people imagine. have bought and come to me and say, like, can you do your thing? I'm like, I have to just restart. Should have came to me first. Yeah. Listen, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> endorsing more money. I'm not yeah. endorsing it because it makes no sense to me because they don't know the codes exactly. here and they, they're not boots on the ground here, yeah. right? Yeah. But then I'm looking at it through the yeah. client's perspective where it's like, hey, we can get the joiners in for $200. Maybe from the creative aspect, there might be a designer out there that does something super cool and then I get those drawings and have to structurally lay it out. That's okay. Is everybody asking for an ensuite in every child's bathroom or bedroom now? Yeah, or Jack and Jill. Like, did we all grow up like I five, oh, four yeah. siblings, and we had one bathroom? Yeah. Yep. Two girls, and three boys. Like, yeah. but every bedroom now has an ensuite. Or Jack and Jill. Yeah, I'm like that too. yeah the Jack and Jack, Jack and Jill, whatever. We have two ba- bathrooms upstairs, but the kids still use our bathroom. I custom built my house and just because did you guys wanted to your bathroom and not their bathroom. <laughs> 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 That's why. Yeah. Sorry, you what? I custom built my house and just did one bathroom for my three kids. No, no ensuite. And father of the year goes too. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you do that? I don't know. I just think it's wasteful. More shit. I agree eat. with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just uh, one girls shitting at a time. Like, yeah. Come on. I just don't, I don't understand why, but it's kind of smart that you did that. And to reno that yeah. later on, the cost to do yeah, three <laughs> instead too. of one. Yeah. I got a budget, obviously. So join. Like, I care about design, so I put all the money into design, not how big the house is. Adding on suites for everybody, walk-in closets. Mm. Do clients ever bring up the work triangle in the kitchen, or is that oh, thing dead so and buried? It, I, they bring it up? Every, almost every client. But this doesn't work with the triangle. <laughs> There's no triangle. This is just made up. <laughs> Listen, you, you square? Yeah. <laughs> like, John, you guys ever have a triangle conversation with clients? No. I, I have I've right? seen the triangle. And it doesn't exist, right? <laughs> Like, w- I learned from drafting school back yeah. in high school, the work triangle, right? What was Stupid. it, 27 feet? Was it 27 feet in total? I don't even know how many feet. It's just like the workability, like the actual triangle. Yeah, yeah. Not going Sink, around fridge, stove, you have to have be, we, uh, under 27 feet, I think it okay. is. And I'm like, that makes no sense, man. You haven't factored in what, how many grocery bags you, you're coming home with, yeah. and you haven't factored in where things are going pantry-wise or, or cold, hot, like all mm-hmm. kinds of shit, right? You haven't factored in any of that shit. Yeah. No, it's total bullshit. So it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. The triangle does not exist anymore in yeah. today's world. No. It's, it's like a trapezoid now. It's like <laughs> a trapezoid. <laughs> it's like a circle. Just yeah, go around the island. Yeah. There's always an island. But I guess with your drawings, I guess it's the kitchen, eh? You spend most of the time discussing with clients. Mm. Yeah, I'd say for the most part. That, the living room. Masters are big. Yeah, of course it is. Most of your time spent in the primary, kitchen, though. Primary. Oh, Uh-oh. As a homeowner, <laughs> most of your time is spent in the kitchen. I would say so, yeah. Yeah, it's important. It's an important space, and it's nice. Yeah. And when you entertain, it's usually around the kitchen and living room area. If you can combine both those rooms and have the whole back of the house, both of those rooms, then it works out great. My problem is sometimes you get clients who want to do islands, and they'll do the overhang, and they'll only do it like 10 inches. Yeah. Yeah. That happens with the knees, exactly, right? I try to explain to them the bare minimum is 12 or you're hitting knees, right? Yeah. 
Well, we're little people. You're not that little. <laughs> <laughs> like, and they don't understand certain rules. And I also don't like certain designers making space between perimeter and island 36 inches. Oh, standard at minimum would be 42. 42, yeah. Ideally, if you can, 48. 48 yeah. Dep- like you look at the client's bums, you're like, yeah, you guys need 48. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so what are you saying? I go, you need 48. That's all I'm saying. All right. I'm just, either that or a Peloton. No, no, not a Peloton. Not a Peloton. Sorry, not a Peloton. There's been a lot of flack with them, man. Um, thanks, man. I really appreciate it, guys. I really thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Conversation. It's nice being back. Yeah, it's always yeah. good to always welcome back. Come back and do more. You guys want to come back and do a solo show? By all means, you have to sing. What did you sing? It wasn't you. It was. Uh, well, it was all three of us. It was all three of you guys. Yeah, oh, you guys did. Uh, think. No, you guys did. Uh, I'm trying to remember the band. The hip. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you guys did the hip. Don't ask me what song. What did you do, Matt? You did SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's funny how you start identifying people with certain songs. Yeah. And someone recently did Shark Shark Baby, right? Hey. Like yeah. Oh, <laughs> 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 I probably have Justin on. He can Baby Shark, man. It was fun. So if you guys want to share your deets again to let everybody know, and then we can wrap it up. I'm just with Matt at uh, Rescom. Rescom General Contracting Incorporated. You can reach me on Instagram at rescom underscore GC. Business is good? Business is great. Yeah. I'm booking into next year. neck of the woods on the east side? Yeah. Yeah. Busy out on the east side? It is. Yeah, very busy. I've got a couple of big jobs I'm doing now that's going to carry me into the new year. So that's awesome. There's some more uh, options to possibly go to Peterborough and Lindsay, which is a little bit stretched out, but I'll go. Which way is Lindsay? Even further east or east? Yeah. No, east. Because yeah. I'm in Oshawa now. Okay. So then I would go towards the 115. So east and then north on the 115. Nice. So it's about a f- uh, 45 minutes to an hour drive. So depending on what it is, I'll go. For a powder room, I I won't go. Right, you got to figure out exactly. Yeah, it's got to be worth it, right? When you go for a long distance, a farther distance, like for instance, if I was coming to your neck of the woods, all the way from Oshawa, it better be like a whole house renovation or like an addition or something. I'm not going to come to renovate your bathroom. Just get a bunch of projects on its way so you can just do a roof. Exactly right, (laughs) because it 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 comes down to traffic plays a big part in my decisions nowadays. In Toronto, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's bad. So that's why I moved north. Where are you? I'm Barry. His neck of the neck of the. Wood Barry's now. getting busy, guys. Well, I'm north. When of, I'm I was up that. there. I was yeah, like, Barry "What's with is. all these people up here, man?" It is busy. I'm Oro Medante now. Where's that? Oro. Exactly. How far? Yeah. Stay away. <laughs> <laughs> you There's no cottages you there. You'd be like, "Listen, the apocalypse is coming." <laughs> yeah. right? No, it's between Barry and Aurelia. It's that that town between. Oh, okay. Yeah, between all right. Oro. Yeah, I was up there really recently. Yeah, it's a little bit dry. Just farmland and Lake Simcoe. For now. For now. For now. Uh, what are the deets again? Uh, Justin Sherry Design Studio. Uh, the tag for the Instagram's the same, and my building company is new. Bowen Inc. means to build in Dutch. Was it Dutch Pretty background? Clever. Yeah, both, both parents. Uh, just the one actually. Okay, the one that keeps in touch. How about that? Okay. <laughs> well, we'll get into family therapy <laughs> now. <laughs> and on our next session. <laughs> and John, uh, we're still McNeil Construction. Or I guess McNeil Construction Inc. now, but just going by McNeil Construction. Find us on Instagram with that. And uh, yeah, still rocking out in Barrie, doing what we can. And the GBA will go, uh, you know, like a one hour radius typically. That but again, out. it's got to make sense. It right? makes yeah. sense. Yeah, exactly. You know, so uh, yeah, we just do what we do, have fun. Nice. Stay busy.
And John? Uh, John at 11northconstruction.com. And same tag for Instagram. And uh, I'm just happy to be part of this conversation. Thanks so much, yeah, I know Thank it was you. a short Continue notice. Me. Literally short notice. <laughs> it's like, Manny, meet John. John, meet Manny. Hey, you want to come on the show? Yeah. <laughs> Simple awesome. as that, man. That's how it goes. No, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, man. So Thank you so it's much. It's all good. I do want to do, uh, I just want to confirm because he finally did send me a text here. Yeah, Customer Appreciation Week at Work and Wear, September 20th to 25th. Uh, you can get them at all three stores, which are 2977 King Street Road in Toronto, 1751 Victoria Street East in Whitby, and 7701 Woodbine Avenue Unit 4 in Markham. Uh, that's it. So he's going to have a crap load of, uh, I think he told me not to swear, um, the sales going on. He's basically, the whole store is on sale. So Excellent. that's it. Work and wear, man. We're done. Awesome. Nice. Thanks, Thanks guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Great show. Thank you so much. Angelina, we are out of here.